I'm recording and I am ready to publish in. Great. Thank you, Maria. And it over to you, Chair Fellow. Terrific. Thank you so much, Maria. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the regular Planning Commission hearing for Wednesday, July 6th. I'd like to call this meeting to order and ask our interim director, Dan Forchert, to please provide our public advisory as well as our roll call. Thank you, Cindy. Good evening, Chair Fellow and Planning Commission. Commissioners, this meeting is being held pursuant to Government Code Section 54953, subsection E. And in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular planning, the regular meeting of the Planning Commission on July 6, 2022, will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I will go call to order. Commissioner Stein. Here. Commissioner Graff. Here. Commissioner Luxembourg. Here. Vice Chair Junior. Present. Chair Feller. Here. We have a quorum. Great, thank you so much. The next item on our agenda is the approval of the agenda. Do I have any comment or a motion to approve? I'll move to approve. Thank you, Richard. Second. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Dan, could you call the roll, please? I can. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junior? Yes. I didn't hear. Oh, sorry. Chair, Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries. Terrific. Thank you so much. The next item on our agenda are uh, public comments on items not on the agenda this evening. Um, uh, Director Horchert, would you like to orientate the public on how they could make public comment at this time? I can. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda. Except in a very limited, except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject to be agendized into future, at future meetings. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from your phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Terrific, thank you so much. Uh, so at this time, I am looking for raised hands in, in the audience. And while you are looking for your raised hand in your Zoom application or star nine on your phone, I want to acknowledge that we have received in writing a number of public comment items, uh, which includes um, uh, several comments on uh, South Toledo Boulevard, as well as comment on um, uh, the Liberty Shift uh, project uh, and study session. Uh, anything else, Director Horchert, that I've missed that we've received? No, Chair, that's it. Okay, I'm just looking for raised hands in the audience. <clears throat> Seeing none, I will close public comment and we'll move on to item number four, which is the approval of the Planning Commission uh, min minutes. Uh, there, there are two items here, 4A and 4B, so uh, I'd like to take them one at a time. 4A is the June 15th Joint uh, Historic Preservation Commission and Planning Commission meeting minutes. Uh, do I have any comments or edits uh, or uh, uh, 
reviewed the meeting minutes of Commissioner Luxenberg. Thank you, Chair Fowler. In line 50 on page 3, it said the eight seats to be removed, this is the El Portel project, were those closest to El Portel. So the words El Portel should replace the word the streets because it's on a corner and it's not. It was clear that it was El Portel. That was what we discussed in the motion. So the words El Portel should replace the streets. Chair Fowler? Yes. Just to be clear, I'm looking at the minutes right now. Can you tell me where that is again? Line number 50 on page 3. Okay, at the very end. Instead of the street, it should say El Portel. Okay. In line 11 on page 4, I had asked that an inside floor plan be provided to show adequate lavatory facilities for the total number of seats inside and out. So that statement should read as follows rather than what it's showing. It should read, an inside floor plan shall be provided that shows adequate lavatory facilities for the total number of seats both inside and out. Okay. On page 4, line 47, which is the vote for approval, do you have a, Dan, do you have a resolution number for this yet? No, I was getting resolutions ready tomorrow when I'm back in the office. Okay. So since we, the typical protocol is to put a footnote with the resolution number. And so I'm suggesting we do that, but I'm going to suggest that we continue this until the next meeting until you've updated the resolution with these corrections and we have that for the next meeting. Okay. Would you like the minutes to come back to the meeting then? Is that what you're asking? Yes, I'm suggesting the minutes come back and I'm also suggesting that we get a copy of the resolution so we can check it. Okay. So, excellent. Thank you, Commissioner Luxenberg, for that. I believe we've already directed staff to have City Attorney Kruger review through ATC all the resolutions before they're signed. So that's sort of a standing instruction in that regard to reflect what the public record is. So thank you for those comments that you have here. Do you have any other comments on these issues? On the joint, those are the only ones on the joint, yeah. Great. Thank you. Chair Feller, if I may, so yeah, Deputy City Attorney Mr. Sergio Rubin today, I believe, is working with the Community Development Director to review those resolutions as requested. And Mr. Hortert can correct me if I'm wrong. So are you still asking that we review the minutes to make sure that's an accurate statement of those changes and that they be brought back to you at your next meeting along with the resolutions? I'm asking that those changes be part of the, should have been part of the resolution so they be made. And I'm suggesting that we can't approve the meeting notes because we don't know the resolution number unless we can assign one this evening. Well, that's pretty much an administrative function, Commissioner Luxenberg, Madam Chair. But if, you know, if the Commission's practice is now to see every resolution number in the minutes, we can certainly do that. But, you know, there is sequential, I believe sequential, correct, Mr. Hortert? Yes. Administrative function. Last, we established this policy like six months ago and it was working fine and somehow it got broken again. So the minutes came with the resolution numbers. 
The resolutions got posted so we could see them. I haven't seen a resolution in 2022. So uh, I would like to, uh, I mean, uh, I'm assuming these corrections will be made to that resolution before it's signed, and then uh, if the resolution gets posted with the number, that's fine. If you can assign the number tonight, you want to approve the minutes tonight, I'm okay with that too. So I just also want to note that um, the, the whoever the chair is, the acting chair, does sign the meeting minutes. Of course, we have not received any in 2022, um, but but those need to be completed before those are signed by the chair and put into the record anyway, and we can amend it at that point as well. Madam Chair. Yes. Just just uh, yesterday, we, we went, we started the, the exercise of going through and finding out all the uh, minutes that have not been approved, or that, that have been approved and that just haven't been assigned, that haven't been signed over the past three years, and there's a substantial amount. Um, so we're, staff is, is, is preparing um, that whole package um you know it goes from lily to jim to heidi to me um there's a lot of people that need to sign it and we got to figure out how to do that okay well um we can why don't we discuss that offline and get back to the agenda item of of the meeting minutes and edits or comments it certainly needs to be discussed and i appreciate your efforts in that regard um commissioner luxembourg if you don't have any more comments on those notes let me ask Commissioner Saad if you have any comments or edits for the notes. None for the notes, thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Graff? Aye. Vice Chair Dooley? Aye. Okay. All right, so uh, Dan, I wanna make sure that the, um, the comments that Commissioner Luxembourg has identified can be incorporated into um, the final notes as it relates to the resolutions. Um, I think that we can approve the content of the notes without the resolution at this time, um, just to expedite matters, but we did discuss previously that we wanna make sure that we have, have the resolution um, figured out before um, we, we sign these off, but, but let's get these moving at this time yeah. to HPCS to approve them as well. Yeah. So do I have so, a Chair, do I understand that uh, those changes that I indicated will be part of the, the resolution itself and they are beyond the notes? And that well, is what the intent was. That is, that is the intent, but, but yes, the answer is yes. Okay. The amendments and edits that you have identified will be incorporated. Thank you. Yeah, and, and Chair Fell and members of the commission, just to be clear, you know, staff will go back and listen to the tape again, confirm that those and I'm not uh, questioning you, Commissioner Luxembourg, but we will do, you know, go back and listen to the tape and make sure that we've got it correct and bring it back if necessary. You're, you're, uh, I'm, I want to make sure I understand what you're saying, uh, Ms. Wagner. Are you saying that you'll make sure that the, uh, that the meeting notes are correct or you're going to make sure that the resolution is correct? I'm more worried about the resolution. I'm not really worried about the meeting I, I think I see now. What you're asking us to correct the resolution based on your comments from the minutes? Yes, because that was part of the motion. Yes, that's the issue. Yeah, I'm so worried about yeah, we issue. have to we have to add in the tables, the requirement for the under the conditions. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the statements that I made uh, to, to correct the meeting notes were the statements that were supposed to be in the resolution itself. So I want to make sure in the resolution we tend to make these conditions and then somehow they don't get to the final resolution or something 
or 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 whatever. So I I'm I'm not now. I never used to be worried about this, but in the last between all the changes, the 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 final things are not in the resolutions and they're not reported right. So that's why I want to see them. If I, if I thought they were going to be right, I wouldn't ask. But the the issue be is defined, but all of a sudden this has been an issue. So I'm worried about the resolution. I'm not really worried about the money. So I'd like to entertain a motion to approve the meeting minutes with the edits identified um, first, and then separately we can direct staff, uh, Commissioner Luxenberg, with once again with clarity about the resolution. But let's go ahead if unless there uh, is any more comment or edit to the meeting minutes, I'll entertain a motion to approve with edits as identified by Commissioner Luxenberg. Do I have a motion? I'll make a motion to approve with the edits as identified by Commissioner Luxenberg. I'm looking for a second or a second. second. Okay. Uh, Dan, could you please take the roll call? Commissioner Sot? Yes. Commissioner Graff? No. Commissioner Luxenberg? Yes. Chair, uh, Vice Chair Junior? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries. Great. And as, as mentioned, um, Director Hortrip, we would like to direct you and CDD staff uh, to please revise the actual resolutions. Please coordinate that with Sergio Rudin. And um, I may identify a working group that can work with you to help QATC that to ensure that we are smooth sailing moving forward. But we'll get to that under communication and not now. But if you could kindly uh, work with um, Sergio, that would be great. Okay. Yep. All right, item 4B. Um, these are the uh, meeting minutes from the regular Planning Commission uh, meeting minutes of June 15th. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, do you have any comments on, on these meeting minutes? Uh, same comment on line thir uh, 33 uh, where the vote is. First of all, it should be 5-0, uh, not 5-0. Uh, but uh, uh, I want to make sure that the resolution number, when the final version is posted, has it. We, I'm not going to uh, recommend moving those to another meeting, but if we get that resolution number for that vote in as per protocol. On, on line 33, Commissioner Luxembourg, which page are you? Are uh, you I got to go back to the notes because I have my page four. four. It's on Three. page four? Yeah, I see what he's talking about. Okay. Confirm that with Commissioner Lutz. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay. Yes, that's on page four, yes. Okay, so Dan, uh, if you don't mind making a note note of that as well. Noted. Any other comments, Commissioner Luxembourg? Uh, no, that is it for these meeting notes. Thank you, Chair Fellow. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Graff? Uh, no comment. Okay, Commissioner Saad? None. Okay, Vice Chair Junius? No comments. I have none either. Um, so with this one amendment, line 33 on page four, I will entertain a motion to approve. So moved. Second. Thank you. Dan, could you take roll call? Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carried. Great, thank you so much. Uh, moving on to item number five on our agenda is communications. This is the time for uh, reporting out. 
um, both by uh, city staff and any of their consultants, um, as well as commissioners. So, um, Director Hortert, let's start with, with you. Uh, if you could um, provide any updates or communications to the commission, please. I do have some updates tonight. Um, so SB9 was adopted on June, uh, second reading was, was, was adopted on June 28th. Um, the um, effective date for the ordinance will be July 28th. Um, so we're still under the general guidance uh, uh, regulations. Um, so we're, we're, we're coming up on June 28th or July 28th though. So it'll be uh, fully in control. Uh, as for the department, um, they have advertised for a community development director. It closes July 17th. Um, and uh, we'll see what the, what the pool of, of applicants are after that, I'm sure. And the department has hired and she is now on board, fully on board, uh, Callie Ford. She's an associate planner. She comes from uh, Mendocino County and um, uh, interviewed very well, uh, very intelligent, and will be attending the meeting this Saturday um, for Liberty Ship um, as, our, as, our, as our planner in charge there. Excellent news. We're looking forward to welcoming Kaylee to, to the team here. Thank you very much. Um, uh, as uh, we, uh, Vice Chair Junius and I had discussed with the city manager, if there is anything uh, any one of the commissioners can do or members of this commission to help orientate uh, any of new staff, or um, if we can you know, meet, meet uh, any new staff and, and anything we can do to help with the soft landing or, or assist with any projects that are currently still in review, uh, we're, we're happy to do that. And we assume you will call upon us as needed uh, to help, help um, a, a successful transition into Sauslindo CBD. Thank you. Um, and just um, as a clarification, this event that Director Hortert is referring to, an applicant has called for a, um, a workshop, a public, uh, it's a public workshop. It is not sponsored by the commission. It is not sponsored by the city, um, but there is a um, community outreach that they are sponsoring. Uh, I don't even know all the details of where it is, um, just not in front of me at the moment, but it's regarding the Liberty Ship proposed development. We have seen two study sessions in front of this commission on it, and they are uh, looking to get public comment. Um, it's a public outreach opportunity. So, so just to be clear about that, um, if anyone was asking. Um, any other items, Director Hortert? No, that's all I have tonight. Thank okay. you. And, and Mary, anything from the city attorney's office um, to report out on? I don't believe so, Madam Chair. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Okay, let's move on then to subcommittees and working groups. Um, Vice Chair Junis, let's start with you with objective design and development standards and where we are with that subcommittee. Thank you, Chair Feller. I mean, we have had a bit of a slowdown. Um, there's some complications with uh, our consultant, Bob Brown, and the Opticos um, folks. Uh, things are, are getting a little stuck. Uh, we, we do need to, I think, get some information out of the housing element uh, process before we can really understand how to, you know, bring this in for a landing. So um, I, I think you would, you and I, Chair Feller, are working on that. 
um, hopefully in the next, I think next week we're going to have a meeting on our next subcommittee meeting on this and kind of break through the log jam and hopefully by the next time we meet here at the Planning Commission, we'll have something more substantive to uh, report. But at this point, we're still kind of in a bit of a holding pattern. Yes. Um, thank, thank you for that report out. And just uh, just to be clear, some of those objective design development standards um, that the county has adopted those um, of the city and each of the cities within uh, Southern Rim for sure are adopting their own uh, to be specific to their, their city and their uh, special and unique considerations. Um, and part of what we're working on with Bob Brown, our consultant in Opticos, is also some of the density massing models and the, the intended and potentially unintended consequences of, of applying some of those standards so we can beta test and make sure that, that the direction that we are recommending for, for our city of Sausalito is viable, it's gonna be beautiful, and it, it won't uh, just detract from, from everything that makes Sausalito so unique. So just so everyone's clear on, on what those are for. Um, Let's see, while, while I have you, do you want to talk a little bit about the California Housing Legislation Working Group that you and Commissioner Luxembourg are heading for us? Sure. Um, I think the one piece of legislation out of Sacramento that we're gonna be continuing to see uh, move forward is, I mentioned this last time, it's um, AB 2011. It's Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks's uh, uh, latest piece of legislation that would, I think it's an interesting, you know, moment in time for the, the push for housing out of Sacramento because it will move the focus from residential districts to pretty much almost every district that's going to be opening up uh, retail uh, office and parking districts to the types of streamlining um, that residential districts have been uh, targeted for in the past. So um, it just last week moved out of the Finance Committee. I think there's a lot of momentum behind it. There's a, a number of important labor groups across the state that are, are very supportive um, and we're going to keep an eye on that. Um, and I will be taking a look at it's. It's an interesting piece of legislation because it's it's got some broad goals and some uh, easy things to kind of understand at the high level. And then when you get into the into the details, you're, it's really a complex uh, piece of work. Um, and I'll be taking a look and trying to. You know, I'm not sure how applicable it's going to be to uh, to Salcedo because I'm not sure we have too many districts that, have, you know, that that don't allow housing, for example. But. Um, we'll, we'll be taking a close look at it and as it, as it looks like it's going to pass, we're going to take a, a, a really scrutinize it and get ready for trying to uh, get the discussion going about our implementation of, of that uh, AB 2011. Excellent. Thank you. Commissioner Luxembourg, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, not at this time, no. Thank you, Chair. really appreciate both of you le leading this effort um, and keeping it front and center for us. It, it affects everything we do on the commission, so we really need to keep tabs on it. No no two better commissioners than, than both of you, so thank you. Um, let's go ahead and move on to uh, housing element. And Commissioner Saad, uh, could you report out on where we are with that? Absolutely, um, thank you, Chair Feller. So there was supposed to be a meeting for uh, June 27th. Uh, it was postponed until July 26th. So our next HEAC meeting will be on the 26th at 6 p.m. Um, <clears throat> this was in an effort to give our uh, consultant some more time to prepare our housing element for review. Um, I don't know if there is an update if the entire draft could be reviewed, but it was potential to have it released on the 18th. Um, so staff 
may know more about that, but our July 26th, the intention for that next meeting will be to start to go through the housing element draft um, and work in affirmative fair housing. Uh, the last city council meeting um, that regarded HEAC was June 14th, um, where they went site by site per neighborhood as, as we had done previously. So all of the sites that have been, um, that made it through that council meeting, there were some amendments to some of the suggestions from HEAC um, are going into the environmental review as well. So we can still accept comments. Um, they're still coming in. You can email the HEAC at saucedo.gov. Um, and uh, I think maybe it, anything to add, uh, Chair Feller? Uh, well, I, I really appreciate all your hard work on this. It's a heavy lift um, for sure. Uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, listening here on Zoom this evening and also uh, perhaps at home or later when they look at the video of our hearing this evening that there is a virtual binder yeah. on the city website. And we have intentionally made all of all of the material that we're reviewing available to you as well. And and the amount of public comment we have, have received, the ideas, the, the feedback, they have absolutely shaped uh, where we are today on, on HEAC. So um, please, please, please keep it coming. Um, the, I think the, the surveys and some of the information of that are up there as well. And uh, this environmental impact review uh, period and uh, development of, of that document, uh, which is a fairly extensive document, uh, will be starting shortly as soon as we finalize the, the, the sites that are in, in this draft report. So just wanna make sure everybody is keeping tabs on it. It, it, is, it is a lot of work, it is a lot of reading. It's not always easy to keep, keep up with all of it. And I say that uh, for all of us, myself included, but, but please, please pay attention. It affects all of Sausalito and um, that those solutions need to be developed together. So, so please continue to send in your comments or comment at our hearings. It's absolutely critical, so, so thank you. Okay. Um, anything else, Commissioner Saad? I would like to ask a point of clarification um, from the public comment, um, specifically on the Liberty Ship um, agenda, or not the agenda item, but the community outreach. I don't know if that is acceptable at this time to ask potentially City Attorney Mary Wagner. Um, I'm, I'm curious because it is on our agenda, we just discussed it um, as a public comment. Can the Planning Commission attend? Is there a violation of the Brown Act if we were to attend as a an individual of as a resident? Um, I just don't know if there are any concerns if more than two of us are at a public event of that nature. Could you clarify? Sure. So there is an exception to the Brown Act that allows the uh, a majority or the full Planning Commission to attend a notice public meeting um, that's held by another entity. And I will get chapter and verse for that for you guys and send it out to the commission via you know, one-way communication via email to ensure that this meeting fits within that um, exception. If it doesn't, uh, then it would um, be a violation of the Brown Act for a majority of the planning commission to attend. I'd also just like to remind you that this will be coming back to you as an agenda item on your hearing and in order to protect you know, the due process um, real property rights, it's important that the, the commission do, do attend, that you, you know, listen and um, ensure that you're able to provide 
you know, an informed decision, non-biased decision, act as a non-biased decision maker when that um, project comes back before you. Okay, appreciate the clarification. And that's all for me, Chair Feller. Great, thank you very much, Commissioner Sai. Uh, yes, Commissioner Graff. Yeah, on the same uh, subject, um, thank you, Commissioner Sai, for bringing that up. Um, would would the commissioners be able to participate and or comment uh, during this um, event? Uh, or is there any issue with that? Yeah, potentially, um, Commissioner Graff, given that this item, this project will be coming to the commission at a notice public hearing, it would be more appropriate, it would be appropriate for the commission to make their comments at that time not during this public forum. Great, thank you very much. Well, Commissioner Graff, to your question, just, just to make sure you're, you're getting a clear answer, you, you are recused from, um, from, from the hearing, uh, from, yeah. from, the, from the commission hearings due to your proximity of your home. And, and maybe, um, Mary, you can just clarify that. In that, in that case, uh, can Commissioner Graff attend sort of as a member of the neighborhood, let's say, um, and comment in that forum uh, because he is recused from, from the actual public hearing. Yes, correct. Thank you for the reminder, Chair Feller. And if I misunderstood your quick question, Commissioner Graff, I apologize. Um, you, yeah, you may participate as a, a member of the public. Okay, great, thank you. Great, thank you. Um, I just, I had a couple, couple items. Um, uh, on my end as well. First of all, I wanted to thank once again, Southern Marin Fire District and Chief Hilliard and uh, Fire Prevention Specialist uh, McKenna Romero for being here uh, last week, last Wednesday for our special hearing specific to um, all, all things related to, to forest fires, wildfire and prevention here in our town. And um, I thought it was excellent. I learned a lot. It, it is available online. Uh, there's a link to the full presentation to the video, as well as links to the PowerPoint presentation that they provided. Uh, and that is on the city's website under the Planning Commission on, under our, our previous, previous agenda items um, under June 29th. And if anyone did not uh, see or hear uh, that particular hearing. I, I highly recommend that at, at your leisure, you go back and have a look or at least flip through the PowerPoint. There's a lot of really good material there for readiness and also information and contact details on how you can get Southern Moon Fire to come out to your property to do a site assessment and to make sure that uh, you have uh, uh, safe boundaries around your home. Um, and uh, they, they will do that for free. They'll do that as, as service to our community. And I highly recommend everybody take advantage of, of such a great resource and tool. Um, this commission is on recess in August. And so I wanted to mention a couple things and direct staff to please come back to us at our next planning commission hearing, uh, which I believe is June 20th, excuse me, July 20th. Um, uh, just so we can close out a couple items before we take that recess and start back up in September in the fall. Um, the first is I'd like to ask, we've got two different planning commission working groups 
one for one ten fourth street um we had a, a I, I believe that was you uh commissioner graff and commissioner sod working together on just some final materials i just want to make sure if you can report back at our next hearing that you have an indeed you have indeed met with that applicant and if there's any outstanding items that need to be wrapped up uh, on that that would be helpful uh the same goes for um the uh, cultivar property down on Bridgeway and El Portal. Um, there, we have identified a working group uh, uh, to work with that applicant on uh, some finish colors on their um, uh, their their outdoor dining cover covered area. So, um, if you could just give a report back, that would be really helpful. I'd also like to get some information, Director Hortert, from, from you for the benefit, not just of this commission, but, but for, for our community here. Uh, one is um, an update on the enforcement um, report uh, and any active enforcement items or anything that's been closed out. Just what the status is would be really helpful. Um, in addition, if you can pull just basic uh, statistics on how many open uh, design reviews we have, um, uh, how many over-the-counter permits have been issued, just just high-level basic statistics would be helpful since we're at, at half year. Um, and it would be good to report on that because we're not doing quarterly reporting anymore. Um, and then I've also asked if our HEAC consultant can make a brief presentation uh, to to this commission and, and to, to the public just as an update of where we are in the overall process and the schedule because this commission uh, does need to um, hear uh, comments, ultimately approve or amend uh, or both uh, what, what the recommended uh, solutions are um, that will eventually go to the state and also comment on the EIR. So even though Commissioner Saad and I keep everybody updated, I think it would be really worthwhile uh, before we break uh, for August uh, to to get everybody's mind adjusted and orientated to to what what we will be expected to hear in the fall. Uh, so if Director Portrait, you can help arrange that, that would be very helpful. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, a 15 minute presentation could probably do the trick. Um, I inadvertently uh, passed over parklets. Uh, sorry, Commissioner Luxembourg, we passed over that. So let's quickly go back to that while we're here. Um, we did hold a uh, public outreach on, was it June 20th? Uh, Monday, June 20th, as, as directed by uh, city council. Uh, there have been updates made to the document and at this point, I would like to get this closed out before we recessed in, in August. And I believe at this point, communications have gone to both Director Hortert and Director McGowan at DPW uh, for your direction on closing this out and getting this back to the city council for their final approval or amendment or vote. So Director Hortert, can we, can, can we get this closed out? Ollie and I talked about it, so we're going to do it. Ollie and I are, are going to team up on it, but Ollie's been out. Um, uh, illness has spread through his household, so okay. um, uh, as soon as he gets back, we'll be able to tackle that. 
Okay, great. And at least we, we should at least at a minimum give, you know, issue the final with a one-way communication to city council so they understand that we have taken their direction and incorporated everything. And we've gotten some wonderful feedback, by the way, from the community. And I will thank the community again for that, for being so uh, engaged. Um, but but let, let's get this closed out this, this month, um, if, if we can. And you can let us know otherwise. Uh, and any other items, Director Horchard, that we, we should report out on and get prepared for before we come back in September Let's use this next commission hearing to make sure that we do that, which is pretty pretty standard, um, to try to close out what we can and then come back fresh, clean, ready to roll in September. Um, so those those are really my um, my comments at this time or my my communications. Um, uh, yes, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, I just want to comment on the Parkwoods for for Dan and Ali. Uh, like we did the FB9, which was effective, the working group came up with uh, a, a recommendation and went through first reading, second reading. So when you're putting this together, if we, it can go over with how it gets implemented. Specifically, we're going to make these changes, they're going to adopt this and get rid of the emergency order. So uh, that, that would be helpful. Um, and then I uh, just want to inform for the public, we, there were a couple issues that did come out of the hearings that uh, the working group was looking at. Both uh, there was a sewer fee that was suggested, and there was uh, suggested being eliminated, and that's being looked at, as well as um, uh, allowing four top tables if there was a wide enough sidewalk. So both of those things uh, are being looked at, and I wanted the public to be aware that that's part of what's being looked at as the package that will go back. So thank you, Chair Paul. Thank, thank you for adding that. Um, that's helpful. Okay. Uh, with that, um, Director Hortred, I just have one last last question for you. If you could report out on um, 654 Sausalito Boulevard, um, since there have been so many communications on, on this, and I know you've been doing some work, but if you could just orientate um, the commission and the public here, that would be helpful. Sure. Um, so, um, the applicant put down the deposit for the third party review. I missed the, the, that they only reviewed one at first and they came back and reviewed both of their previous arborist reports. Um, so we cleared that up. Um, they put their full deposit down and um, we have since issued them a, uh, since the tree protection plan was, was completed, we issued them a demolition permit um, to go ahead and proceed with demolition. Uh, one good thing, and I, I thought this was going to come up earlier, but it didn't come up in public comment. So I, I'm, I'm glad to say that the applicants have chosen to use uh, Benjamin Anderson, uh, the arborist uh, recommended by um, by uh, James Goodrum. So um, hopefully that will help alleviate some of their concerns. Um, I've also been sending uh, Kenneth out there. He's been out there at least three times since last week. Um, so he's double checking on everything to make sure that they're not proceeding without an arborist on site. Um, so far, there hasn't been any work. So um, uh, it looks it looks to be um, as if everything's going to be per the arborist, the third party arborist report. And they did put the um, the tree protection plan on the demolition permit as well. So it's on the plans that they submitted. Uh, okay. So we're fully fully aware of that. Okay. Okay, so they're they're in compliance with with the with our resolutions, which is good. So thank you, thank you. Yes, 
for the for the update on that. Uh, any other items to uh, report out on uh, commissioners? Just by a show of hands, if you have anything to report out on at this time. Okay. Seeing no hands, uh, let's go ahead and open up public comment for item number five, communications. Uh, this would be the time to, to comment on any items you've heard under, for the public to comment on any items heard under uh, number five, communications. To do so, you can raise your hand in the Zoom application or press star nine on a cell phone. And I'm gonna go ahead and call on uh, individuals as I see them on my screen. So it might be lined up a little different on yours, but don't worry, I will get to everybody and you'll have three minutes for public comment. So I am just looking for raised hands at this time. Give everybody just a moment. I do see a cell phone that keeps putting their hand up or down. I'm not sure if they're interested in public comment. It's a 202 phone number. Just give you a moment for public comment, okay. Seeing none, I'll go ahead and close public comment and let's move on to item number six, public hearing items. And I'll hand this over to you, uh, Director Horter. All right, thank you, Chair Feller. This is time for any commissioners to declare any ex parte communications. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, I do not have any ex parte communications. I do wanna make a comment. Uh, Project 6A this evening is located at 201 Bridge Street Boulevard. Uh, Bridge Street, actually, 201 Bridge, Bridgeway. And the, ra the ramp in question is at the foot of Main, of Main Street, as indicated on the site location in the staff report. Uh, pursuant to section 18702.2, material, uh, materiality standard, I hereby disclose that my home is located greater than 500 feet, but less than 1,000 feet from the project at 201 Bridgeway on the agenda this evening. This project would not affect my project's development potential, income producing potential, the highest and best use of my property, and given the location of my property up the hill and off on a side street would not change the character of my property by substantially altering traffic levels, intensity of use, parking, view, privacy, noise levels, or air quality. Further would not affect the market value of my property. Uh, thus, any decisions on these projects are not material. Uh, I do note uh, that the applicant appears to also own 206 Second Street, which the plans indicate that there is no work uh, planned for that. And obviously the Main Street and the Main Street is not related to the 206 Second Street. I do note that 206 Second Street is within 500 feet of my house. Uh, but since we're unlikely to talk about that, uh, I don't see a materiality issue. Uh, but if the discussion heads towards 206 Second Street for any reason, I would recuse myself at that time. Thank you, Chair Fellow. Thank you, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Uh, no ex parte communication. Thank you. Commissioner Saad. Nothing to declare. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Nothing to declare. I have nothing to declare either. Thank you, Director Horter. Thank you. With that, we'll move on to 6A. Item 6A is 201 Bridgeway, changes to an approved project. Uh, Magda Gonzalez, contract planner, will present. Good evening, commissioners. Um, give me a second to share my screen, please.
I am presenting a um, changes to an approved project request for 201 Bridgeway Boulevard. Project which is 2022 <clears throat> Some background information regarding this project. It is a two-unit home, um, commonly known as Fava Halva, which was reviewed, approved, and conditioned. One of the conditions of approval, specifically condition 27, um, requires a construction of an accessible ramp off the foot of Main Street. The applicant and property owner, Dr. Kashef, is requesting to amend condition um, 27 to construct um, stairs in lieu of um, the previously approved ramp. The picture to the right shows the current conditions of the site. The red markings show what was currently approved. Um, there have been several accidents um, noted on this site because of the decomposing concrete um, when people attempt to access the beach from this particular area. This is another picture showing the existing site. The property is still a neighborhood commercial and it has a residential use. Um, because the um, site conditions, the high tide continuously hitting that area and the concerns for public safety, the applicant has requested to amend um, condition 27. The following pictures are um, pictures obtained from a report from the San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission, which is a co-authority co um, with regard to public access requirements. They did a site visit on March 9th of this year um, to address the impossibility of the ramp and also to address um, public concerns that they have received. As you can see, the concrete is um, deteriorating. As I previously noted, those are red markings where the uh, previous um, ramp was approved. And it gives you different angles so you can see the access to the beach and how it currently looks. So the two main concerns are the accessibility ramp, um, which is subjected to daily inundation and um, would fail to meet the intent, which is to provide public access in a safe manner to the beach. The second um, concern is that the ramp would be constructed over um, Sausalito Marin City Sanitary District, which would be, which would make it difficult to um, perform any repairs, maintenance, or to even replace the pipe. We performed um, different we distributed this project to different um, agencies for review. One of them, um, as previously mentioned, is the San Francisco Bay Conservation and Development Commission. They have reviewed the proposed project and have um, conditionally approved it and issued conditions of approval. Um, the building division also reviewed it specifically um, for ADA compliance. There was concern stating um, regarding the requirement for ADA compliance at this beach. Um, Building and safety determined building determined that it's not necessary to have beach access at this particular area because that requirement is satisfied with the access provided on Dumpy Park. The scope of work includes um, work on Main Street, the boardwalk, um, resurfacing areas of the bridge, um, bridgeway boardwalk, 
the public access to the end of the of Main Street and a planter planter bed and um, public access signage. I do want to note that the applicant has updated his proposal and is no longer including the planter bed because there are concerns that with the high tide, the planter bed would just be inundated um, and is in, instead proposing a guardrail. This is the current, um, most current site plan. It shows the, um, the um, let me change um, picture by apologize. This one shows the staircase, the amph amphitheater steps, the bench, which is gonna be pushed back south a few, um, a few feet, the existing concrete wall, the existing guardrail, and the signage above the boardwalk as well. And as you can see, the drainage on the existing storm drain would be free of the staircase. It would be left alone, so there wouldn't be any issues with the um, Sausalito Marin City um, Sanitary District. This proposal is categorically exempt from the requirements of CEQA um, pursuant to guideline 15302, which is replacement or reconstruction. Um, the, this proposal meets a review, design review findings because a project's proposal changes, proposed changes will be located within the previously approved area and the proposed changes will not impact the scale of the previously approved structures and buildings in the neighborhood. And the changes to the project proposal will enhance, enhance public views. And the proposed changes will not result in prominent building profile because there is no proposed structures or construction um, building. Staff recommend that the Planning Commission adopt a resolution to approve the changes to an approved project to allow for the modification of the previously approved design subject to conditions of approval. Ultimately, the Planning Commission may continue the hearing for additional information or project revisions or direct staff to prepare a resolution for denial stating the specific reasons for one or more findings cannot be made. Um, that completes my presentation. The applicant, um, Dr. Alice Kashef, is on the line as well as his architect, um, Brian, I'm sorry. Mr. Peterson. Great, thank you so much, Magda. If you don't mind, there we go. Um, th this would be the time uh, for commissioners to ask staff any, anything of clarification. We'll get into the debate later, but in, any items to get clarified at this time? Commissioner Saad, let's start with you. Thank you, Chair Feller. Thank you, Magda. Um, I had a question and I'm, I'm reading from the just had it. I'm actually reading from the BCDC letter, but I'm wondering if you can speak on behalf of um, the city. On page four, it's saying um, number one A, the city has indicated accessible beach access is not required at this site um, to fulfill an ADA title. Do you have any more clarification around that um, as to how that conclusion? Or thank you, community director, um, or did any, anybody. I, I do, um, uh, Madam Chair, if I may. Um, I, I sat through a lot of the discussions between BCDC, the city, um, the, the uh, Sausalito Marin um, Utility District, and uh, and uh, it was determined ultimately um, that the building official at the time, Thomas Aherns, um, and uh, Kevin Kevin McGowan, and and the, the team had discussions about accessibility, um, and it couldn't be accomplished there because of the the sewer district's force main. 
Um, so nothing could, it was either nothing because of the force main or the resulting uh, uh, steps in, in amphitheater with the with the bench and then that they would um, clean up the where the you saw the deteriorated concrete. So it was determined also that, that we did just uh, provide accessible access at Dumpy Beach um, uh, for this area if they needed it. We looked at Eden's Beach as well, but that's not very accessible. Okay, so there's no implications for the city. Are there any concerns around liability for not having an, an ADA ramp no. available? Okay. Because it, it was determined that we, we still provided at Dumpy Park. Got it. Okay. Um, and... I think that's my only other question for staff. Thank you, Chair Feller. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Um, no questions at this time. Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. I just have one. Magda, on the, uh, you've seen this, the bench on the plan, you've seen this bench, is this the existing bench that's on site? They're gonna push it back. They're gonna push it back, well, they're gonna yes, push south. it. They're going to push it towards the um, uh, towards the towards the generator, but it seems like that bench is longer than what's shown in the plan. So, have you looked at this and as far as the dimensions on the site there? No, not of the specific bench. Um, I know they're going to be providing um, companion seating next to the bench or close by, but I'm I'm not sure of the dimensions of the bench. You don't know if it's this existing bench that they're going to save or whether they're going to put a new bench? I do not know. No. I see. It looks awfully tight to get the five feet to the uh, thing. I guess I can ask that of the applicant. So that's all I have, Chair Fellow. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. No questions. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to go back um, to the comment about the which building department department determined that no ramp is required? Could you just re repeat that again? Uh, so so CDD's building department and then DPW determined yeah. this. Through all our discussions, we had weekly meetings with, with BCDC and that's that's the resulting discussion on that. Okay. Um, apparently Thomas Ahern's the, the building official that was with the city took it back to his CASP, his, 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 um, at CSG, where he was uh, contracted out of, and they determined that because we had a local access, that would be sufficient. Yeah, okay, I, I'm just curious because there's no access at this part of town, so um, th this would have been it. So, okay. Um, all right, and, um, is there any idea, because of course this, this was already an approved project and permit had already been issued for this, about the time frame required to complete this work? And um, the, a, a secondary question to that, is, is this solely in the scope of work for the applicant or is there any work that the sanitary district or the city has to perform either before, after, or in tandem? Yes. <laughs> the okay. sanitary district has to perform some work and the applicant I, I know the applicant's going to be able to answer this as well so but yes the sanitary district has to do some work and the applicant has to do some work and, 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 uh, to, in order to take the project okay all right thank you thank you for that um yes commissioner Graham. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the drawings and uh, want to comment. It says new bench. So I don't know what that means, but maybe it means it's not the same bench. Um, but the other question I had, well, now there are two questions. One of them is, is similar to yours, uh, Chair Feller, and that is um, why Country uh, Park so far away satisfied the access requirement. Um, that sort of, uh, I was wondering about that. And the other is the condition of the street, the approach to this. I mean, um, you know, there's effort being made here and there has been effort done to uh, uh, construct the boardwalk and everything. And all that's really nice, but the street is really awful. And so I don't, was wondering if dealing with the street uh, has been considered as part of this project. That's my question. Yep, that's a good question. Uh, Magda or Director Horter, do you have an answer for that? I do. Uh, as far as I know, it is not part of the project. So it's not. Does DPW have it on their um, list? Maybe I, that's a question. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's definitely a Kevin question that I can ask him tomorrow. Okay. Mary, did you want to add anything to that? Um, I just wanted to clarify the scope of this discussion tonight, which is to is you know agendized as that modification of um, condition of approval number twenty seven. Yeah. Um, I hear the concern about the street, um, and maybe we can just provide you a one way communication back on when we have a chance to talk to the community. Or excuse me, the uh, public works director. Sure, definitely. We can definitely do that. That would be helpful. Okay, any other questions, uh, commissioners, just by a show of hands um, from staff? We'll, we'll come back and deliberate after we take some public comment. Um, okay, no. All right. So this, let, let's go ahead and invite the applicant uh, up here to our virtual, um, virtual room here to make a presentation. Um, Magda, if you can help me identify who that might be. Oh, there, yeah, okay, there's Dr. Dr. Alice, um, Alexander Kashef. Yes, well, welcome Dr. Kashef. And uh, will your architect also be uh, presenting? Is that Barry Peterson? Yes. Oh, okay, can we make sure that uh, they both have the ability to share screen should, should they need it? And let's get our timer up for uh, 15 minutes. And so Dr. Kashef, welcome this evening. Um, you'll have 15 minutes to make a presentation or discuss what, whatever you'd like in terms of the merit of the project. Um, and uh, there is a little timer up here on the screen. Hopefully you can see that and I will hand this over to you and, and um, please, please walk us through this. Thank you, Chair Feller. Thank you, Commissioners. Um, we were before the Planning Commission quite a bit with this project a while back. and. Uh, I'm here to answer questions. I think this portion of the project speaks for itself. Um, you know, eight years ago, I was begging everyone that it's going to be so hard to build this. It's just such a massive puzzle at the end of Main Street. All of Sausalito sewage runs under there. So it's basically a big sewer pump facility. And you could see what's going on with the other ones as they repair them. And I was asked to build an ADA ramp that goes down to the water that's underwater half the time. Um, I agreed and as we started the process, um, 
the uh, you know the questions were raised very rapidly that the you know the sanitation district needs access to this area. I think Kevin Raman is with us tonight. Also, if there's any questions for him, uh, he's been very helpful as we've been trying to figure out this puzzle. Um, the best solution we came up with is the plan you have now. Uh, there is major lines under there, and so the shape of everything is due to those red lines that were drawn in the drawings. Is the uh, there? There used to be a stream that basically funneled all the water from uh, Hurricane Gulch into the water, and the old whalers would come in uh, 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 doctor boats. Uh, if you see those old boats, pictures of Sausalito with the boats out in the bay, they're actually getting water for the boats. They would bring their barrels in and get water from that stream. Now that stream is all under water, under uh, under the streets. And it's basically where all the drainage is. Uh, and that was the 24-inch pipe that you saw in the big red line. So we cannot touch that at all. Secondary to that, there was a smaller red pipe you saw south of that. That's the connection to the 20-inch force frame that's further out. And that's what uh, Mr. Rahman with the sanitation district needs to repair. So to add to this puzzle, we have to sequence this so that they could get in there and uh, repair as well. So what we're proposing with the project is stairs down to the water for public use, for kayaks, for uh, walking on the beach at low tide and, you know, other things that people enjoy in the area. That will be built, and you asked about timing, that will be built as soon as I can. I really want to finish this project uh, and uh, get it completed. Um, the second portion of the project will be done by the sanitation district with the amphitheater seating as soon as uh, they have a chance to sequence their repair of the pipe, the, the southmost red line that was in the pictures um, that connects to the force main. Um, my time frame for this is to build the stairs and finish them as soon as we can. Uh, and then I know that Kevin wants to do his work fairly quickly too. Secondarily, we're limited by what time of year we can work because of the eelgrass, so, you know, more to the puzzle. Uh, so there's limits on the times of the year that we can work, and that's all set by Fish and Wildlife, uh, Water Board, and DCDC. Um, the, um, I think we have a good proposed solution for this huge, complicated puzzle at the end of Main Street. Um, I hope you find it. Uh, you know, pleasing and find it usable. I will add some comments. The reason the bench was re the uh, I could I, I could answer questions about the bench and the planter uh, real quickly and easily. The planter was removed because BCDC cannot support it because it is landfill within the bay. Uh, this was brought up by uh, communication from the neighbors, though. A, planter would probably look nice there with some succulents. It's, I've, I've stopped trying to fight over a planter. We're just going to uh, cement over the uh, drain and make it look a little prettier than it is now. The bench um, is the same bench from my understanding because that bench actually has meaning to the sanitation district and Kevin can talk on this. I think it's their former manager that ran the whole program or you know, it's, it, it's dedicated to a very special person. Um, and the reason it has to move to the south is because we need a ADA accessible viewing platform or a companion area next to the bench. Uh, and all of that should fit in there. That's all been measured by Barry. 
Um, the scope of work question, I think I answered. I'll be doing the stairs and the guardrail, uh, handrail and guardrail and signage. Um, and Kevin Raman and the sanitation district will do the amphitheater seating once and then the repairs on their pipe work underneath that whole area. Um, and then as far as the street, that whole area was repaved just three or four years ago. Um, there was massive work done in that pump station. Kevin can answer this, I think four to six years ago. So it was repaved at that point, it was brand new. But uh, you have to remember, this is where all the sewage from Sausalito flows through. So that area is constantly dug up and reworked. There's been people working there on and off for the last two years uh, on a regular basis. So, uh, and when they work there, it usually involves digging up you know, massive trenches and things like that. That's, I don't think people realize what is going on there because it's all covered. Um, so that's that's what I have to add. I'm sorry, I don't have a formal presentation, but it's just a simple change of a ramp to stairs and amphitheater seating. And I'll let Barry contribute if he has anything to add to that or Kevin as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Kashef. Um, Mr. Peterson, do you wanna add anything to that? I think if we can unmute Barry um, Peterson's iPad. There we go. Yeah, I actually don't have anything to add. Uh, I think he's got it all. I mean, a lot of the things I scribbled down that needed to be addressed, Alex took care of it. So if there's any questions, I'll, I'll be here. The additional questions, I'll be here. Okay, terrific. Okay. Uh, and I don't see Kevin here, but why don't we go ahead and stop the clock. I, I note that you've got nine minutes and nine seconds left. So let's, let's hold on to that number. Uh, and Dr. Kashef, no worries that there's no formal presentation. It, it, it's your time to use however you'd like. And, and obviously, uh, this isn't the full design review. It's just a, um, an amendment to it. So um, if you have nothing else at this time, let's go ahead and uh, open this up to the commissioners if they have any questions for the applicant at this time. And then we'll move into public comment after that. Uh, for those of you who have your hands raised, I, I see you and have not forgotten you. We're gonna start with commissioners. Um, Commissioner Saad, do you wanna start us off? Um, I actually don't have any um, questions for the applicant. Thank you, Chair Feller. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Graf. Um, no other questions. Thanks. Okay. Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, I think he answered the question about the bench because I did see the plaque. That's why I was wondering whether or not it would be saved. Uh, I do suggest you recheck, closely recheck the dimensions because it looked awfully tight to make that work. So anyways, but that's the only question. Thank you. Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Feldman. I have no questions either. Um, so, and with that, um, Dr. Kashev, hold on there. We're going to uh, go ahead and open this up for public comment. No need to respond. We're just going to go ahead and listen to any questions or comments the public might have. Um, I, uh, to do so, to comment on this item, uh, please raise your hand in the Zoom application or press star nine on your cell phone. Uh, each speaker will have three minutes for public comment. And I will go ahead and call on you in the order that I see you on my screen, which may be different than yours, but uh, don't worry, I will get to everybody. Uh, the first caller I see is a phone number of 202-294-2865. Uh, welcome this evening. If you'd like to unmute yourself. And 
if you could kindly state your name as well. Um, I'm looking at caller with a phone number starting with area code 202. If you can unmute yourself on your cell phone. And Maria, I don't know if you can assist on your end or Zoom team. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead, um, area code 202, hold on, I'm gonna move on to area code 707-494-8446. Uh, welcome this evening. If you could unmute yourself, please. We'll have three minutes for public comment. There we go. Hello? Am I, we can, am we I can coming hear, through now? We can hear you if you could oh, just state, state your name and you've got three minutes for public yes, comment. Yes, hello, this is Kevin Rahman. I'm the district engineer for the Fosley-Domer Marin City Sanitary District. And I can clear up a couple of the, uh, the well, the bench issue, not issue, but um, curious about that. That bench is a commemorative bench for Ray Gerges. And he was on our board of directors for about 35 years. And that bench was um, specified by the city of Sausalito as part of their commemorative bench program. So the, the, the type and size of bench is actually uh, specified by the city. Um, as far as the street, we regraded that when we did a project, um, as Dr. Kishef mentioned, several years ago. And we regraded it for drain, drainage and completely repaved it. So although right now you see a project uh, moving there to replace our generator, so it looks uh, very cluttered and messy, but the, the street is actually in very good condition. Um, as far as the, the construction of this, this um, amphitheater style, uh, we have worked very close to the Dr. Chef, and um, the plan would be, as he said, for me to build that with, with a project to rehabilitate our beach horse main, and that, that project would be ready to construct within the next year, as far as timing. And if you have any other questions, I'm, I'm happy to answer them. Great, thank you, Kevin, and thank you for being here. Good, good to hear your voice, even though we don't see you tonight, but thank you for being here and working uh, so closely with the applicant. Uh, okay, I am looking for a next caller. Uh, again, if you would like to make public comment on this item this evening, please raise your hand in the Zoom application or press star nine on your cell phone. I am not seeing any additional hands raised at this time. So I'm gonna go ahead and close public comment. Uh, and uh, Kevin, now that we know your number there, if you can just hold, hold on in there. And if we need to unmute you again, we will. Um, so Dr. Kashef, if you wanna use any more of those nine, nine minutes and nine seconds that you would like with for any additional comments, course the commissions probably might ask you a couple more questions through our deliberation, but if you'd like to add anything else, you're welcome to do so now. I'd just like to thank you for your time and uh, just share that the, the whole project is about a month away from being done. So I know the whole community has been patient. It's just, you know, this is one small puzzle and this big puzzle I've been trying to figure out over the last eight years. It's been very complicated and we're in a pandemic in the middle of it. Um, but uh, I just, you know, right now, even though the, it still looks like a construction site, it's starting to look more and more like a home. And uh, I think in about a month, uh, there'll be grass there and it'll be totally done. And the, the front of the property will be completely landscaped and it'll be something to be proud of for the whole community, hopefully. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Um, okay, uh, with that, let's bring this back up to our virtual dais for uh, deliberations and a motion of some kind. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, let's start with you. Uh, I, I I think I understand why they need to do this. I, I would ask the question, but I'm sure it's been answered by all the engineers of if if uh, if you can get stairs and you can get a ramp in, it would just take them long a long run going back into the street outside of where it would be now. But I I, I, I do take a exception that Dumpy Park does not solve a problem in this part of town. I mean, the, Dumpy Park is Dumpy Park. It would be nice to have a ramp here. Uh, whether we legally need one or not, it would be nice to have one. It's sounding like it's not doable. So uh, this is a, a good solution to, a, as, as the applicant said, a, a very complicated puzzle. So, uh, but I do lament the loss of some sort of ramp down to the, um, down to the water. So. Thank you for that. Um, would you uh, amend or, or edit any of the conditions of approval? Uh, not on this one. <laughs> okay. Commissioner <laughs> Graff. <laughs> How about you, Commissioner Graff? Um, thank you, Chair Feller. Uh, I concur with uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. Um, basically, if we can't get a ramp there, and I understand why it's a real problem, then I think this is a nice solution and I think the concept is good. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would be inclined to move ahead with it. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Saad? Um, I, I think this is quite a straightforward project. Um, I was more wondering around the legality and the why. I, I personally, I swim there almost daily. It's a very limited space. I, 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 I see so few people there that I still think this is a great improvement to the area. Um, so I don't personally have an issue with a lack of the lack of ramp given how limited the space has been used, but I can imagine more people use it if it's made more accessible and, and prettier. Um, so I, I've got no other comments. I'd be happy to move this forward. I'd be willing to make a motion whenever we're ready. Great, thank you very much. Vice Chair Junius. No questions, ready to vote. Yep. I concur with that. I am happy to entertain a motion at this point. Commissioner Saad, did you? I'll make the motion. Yes, I don't have my glasses to read, um, but I'd, I'd like to make a motion to approve as is um, for um, Project 201 Bridgeway Boulevard. Um, don't know if I need to read all the project IDs. Never made very many motions. Do I need to read the whole thing? You don't. Yeah. You do not. Okay. Yeah. Then. No. Okay. Great. That is We've my motion. motion on the floor. We Second. Have a We've got a second. Dan, could you please take roll call? Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graff? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carried. Thank you, Dr. Kashef. Good luck. We can't wait to see it built. And thank you, Kevin Raman, again, for your help. Okay, uh, let's move on to item 6B, which is 52 Varda Landing. And Dan, I will hand this back over to you. Thank you. 6B, 52 Varda Landing, design review permit, conditional use permit, and a variance. Um, Cecilia Jarosowski is the contract planner, will be presented. 
Good evening, Chair and Commissioners. Cecilia Jaroslawski, Contract Planner, presenting this item before you tonight. With your permission, I would like to share my screen. Please. Can everyone see that? We can. Mm -hmm. The project, the project before you is 52 Barda Landing Road. The area contains houseboats along the shoreline, large industrial commercial uses along Gate 5 Road, and several residential structures. The immediate surrounding area also contains a variety of residential uses and retail uses. The area includes several uh, boat harbor access roads from Gate 5 Road. The level site is approximately 550 feet deep and ranges in width between zero feet at the front and 65.5 feet at the widest location and comes to a point to the west of the site. The project includes the demolition of the existing 551 square foot single family structure located approximately 40 feet from the front of the property, new construction of a replacement residential structure, the renovation and slight rotation of the existing 125 square foot A-frame studio structure and the demolition of the existing 315 square foot shed. All existing structures are one story. The new detached single family structure would be located approximately 60 feet from the front of the property and would be 21 feet wide by 50 feet, five inches long. Outdoor tandem parking would be located in front of the proposed structure on a 15 foot wide by 60 foot deep gravel driveway. The main pedestrian entrance would be located along the southeast wall and would incorporate a seven foot six inch wide, 49 square foot entry deck area. The existing 125 square foot A-frame studio structure would be relocated to be parallel and 10 foot two inches from the side property line. The Historic Preservation Commission reviewed the project in January and August of 2021 where it was determined that the property does not qualify as a historic resource. The Planning Commission reviewed the project on May 18, 2022, where it was determined additional information was needed to more accurately review the project, including demonstrate compliance with the city's GIS flood model, an updated landscape plan to show specific and drought tolerant materials, finalized gravel area material, preferably permeable and not loose, residents designed to speak more to the style of the area and address the need for the proposed height. The model data utilized by the project engineers relates to the Marin Map GIS and Baywave data sets and stormwater management would be achieved using on-site swales and rain gardens. The proposed parking area would be raised slightly to allow drainage to the west and there would be no negative impact two adjacent properties to the west. The applicant submitted landscape plans proposing approximately 8,000 square feet of native plant material, all planted at 18 inch intervals. Approximately 770 square feet of plant material would be installed within the rain garden area. Also all planted at 18 inch intervals. All proposed plant materials are drought tolerant. Landscaping includes checkerboard pavers with plant material plugs and true grid pro-light paving with delta bluegrass sod. The project does not include any gravel installation, 
and pavers with plant material in between would be used. Pervious area totals approximately over 8,000 square feet. Although the area includes houseboat residences, the area also includes a variety of other land uses, the majority of which are located within land-based structures. Therefore, the neighborhood includes a variety of architectural styles. The proposed structures on the project site are land-based and would maintain the prevailing design character of the neighborhood. The proposed architecture and design complements and speaks to the surrounding neighborhood by maintaining the prevailing design character of the neighborhood, as well as introducing a distinctive and creative design solution which takes advantage of the unique characteristics of the site. Regarding the need for additional height, the project site is located within a flood area and the higher finished floor levels are requirements of FEMA. The finished floor levels would be approximately four feet above the natural grade of the project site. Several structures on Varda Landing Road contain two levels and the proposed structures would be one story, would not exceed the maximum allowable height and are consistent with the height of the structures within the project area. The updated information would not alter the findings required for the approval of a design review, conditional use and variance permits. And for planning commission comments, a condition of approval has been added ensuring the A-frame structure on site will be maintained as a studio and not utilized as a residence. I believe that's condition of approval number four. Staff recommends the Planning Commission approve the draft resolution approving the design review permit, conditional use permit, and variance. Alternatively, the commission may continue the hearing for additional information or deny the permits and direct staff to return with a resolution of denial. Thank you, I'm available for questions. The architect and also project engineer is available. Terrific, thank you so much, Cecilia, for walking us through that and highlighting um, some of the comments uh, from our last hearing as well, and that hopefully the applicant can, can walk us through specific, the specifics of that uh, design. Um, so this would be the time for commissioners to ask staff any questions for clarification. Um, Commissioner Graf, do you want to start us off? Um, I don't have any questions for staff. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Saad? I have one um, clarification and it does involve a little math and I'm sorry I couldn't send it ahead of time, um, Cecilia, but bear with me for just a second. I just mostly want to make sure I'm reading this correctly um, and then secondly that the numbers are correct and I'm going to put that I may I may be incorrect here, but I'm looking at page five um, down at the zoning consistency in the staff report and specifically around the maximum floor area ratio. Um, it's got the 2,646 square feet. There is an addendum on that that is calling out that it's including the 1,700 square foot houseboat houseboat which is not part of the project but is that being calculated is that maximum floor area ratio being calculated on the on the new building uh, since it's proposed I saw in the staff report it was it was 909 square feet um, and the a-frame is going up to 133 plus the 1700 is can you just break out that 2646 square feet 
for me because I'm just coming up with a slightly different, it's not off by much, but I came up with 2,700, 2,742. Um, I'm happy to share my own screen if it's easier, but I'm just, I'm not sure if. Um, yeah, this is a question. Cecilia, can you walk us through the calculations? Um, the calculation would have included the proposed structures on the property and the existing house code. Okay, so, and then can then you confirm and we can back this out, is the, um, I'm sorry, because I'm on one screen, screen here, so it's hard to jump around. It, so from, from the staff report, do I have it correct then that the new construction we are moving to uh, a 909 square foot building. I'm reading this in the project description up at the top on page two. Um, so would that be the 909? Is that the proposed build going up from the demolition from 551 replaced with 909? Is that correct for the main structure? Okay, so you're on page two of the original staff report, correct? I, I am, and I'm on okay. that second paragraph. Okay. The new replacement residential structure would be a one level 909 square foot building without an enclosed garage. Correct. Correct, okay. And then the existing A-frame is going from 125 up to 133. So I'm assuming we're taking that 133 as well. Um, correct. Okay, um, so the plus the 1700, uh, Square foot houseboat. I just I had come up with 2,742, um, and down again back on page five for the proposed maximum floor area ratio. It, they're the same for the what, what caught my eye was that the maximum floor area ratio and the maximum building coverage are the same. Are both 2,646 square feet, but they're also slightly um, different percentages. So. I oh, I see what we, you mean. Do you see? I think we need to change the floor area ratio from 2,646 square feet up to two. It's still, I mean, compliance won't change. It would still be correct, but. Well, for single am I reading story, correctly? For single story structures, the floor area ratio and the maximum building coverage are the same thing because it's the footprint that covers the land. So if it were a two-story building, it would be twice as much, but the building coverage would just be the amount of space that the building covers the land. Does that make sense? It, it does make sense. Um, and, and we don't have to belabor this now. I can, maybe we can think about, it. I'm just, is, is the math still correct in terms of 909 for the building, 133 for the A-frame plus 1700 for the, houseboat it should be correct but i will certainly double check the numbers okay um thank you that would be great um sorry for a tedious question but i think that was what stood out to me first i don't think i have any other questions at this time chair feller great thank you and i am assume you're getting at is it overbuilt uh, is is the far over what it should be is that is that ultimately I, to Ultimately, out. I think I was I was just trying to see if the math was was correct really um, for the floor area ratio. Um, I don't see how um, such a small difference in square footage is going to change the compliance, but I want to make sure the number is is accurate. Okay, 
Okay, thank you for looking at that detail. I appreciate that. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Chair Peller. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to thank the fact that they've changed to these uh, checker block uh, pavers. Uh, I think that's a much better solution. Uh, I do have a question. You said when you had your little animation, you said those cars were going in. You said it was a gravel driveway, but I think you meant to say that it was not a gravel driveway because later you showed the checker block. That's, cor that's correct, um, Commissioner, but I will let the applicant speak to the design of the driveway. That's correct that you said gravel, but it's not gravel? or uh, There would not be any loose gravel. Okay. And, um, uh, and it connects into the road, which I saw in the conditions the Marin Fire Department is requiring to be paid. Is that correct? I, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. Uh, there's a condition under the Marin Fire Department that says the, the road must be paved. So they're going to pave the, the, pave the road to get to that driveway, if I understand the requirement of a Marin Fire, which is a good thing. Yes, I believe so. Okay. And then I do have a couple questions if you could bring up, I mean, I don't have to bring it up on the screen, but if you could bring it up on your screen on the conditions, uh, some changes that I want to see of. Uh, they, they are possible to do or corrections. Uh, so on um, condition number two, since this is a demolition project, can we add, it, it indicates as part of the building application, they have to list all these conditions. I wanna add a parenthetical statement that says, as well as the application for any demolition permit so that the, the building department is fully aware of whatever conditions are there. Uh, is there any reason we can't add that to condition number two? Um, no, there isn't. I'm just give me a couple of minutes, Commissioner, and I'll pull that up. Okay. So, Commissioner Luxembourg, well, as Cecilia is doing that, can you just clarify one more time the amendment that you would like to see? Um, are you tying the building permit with the demo permit? What I'm tying is, is that when you submit a building permit, you have to have all the conditions you know, uh, in, in black and white on the building permit plans. I'm asking that they also be put on the demo permit plans so that, so that there's no confusion of something that happens during demolition before the building permit that there would be a problem. And I'm actually gonna be looking for that as a standard condition and when there's any demolition of yeah. any project. But, so Is that's something? what I'm looking for for condition number two. Commissioner, did you, did you want me to pull that up on the screen? Uh, sure, if you, if you can pull up the conditions, because I have, uh, there's four of them, so there's, uh, might be helpful. Okay. We can do that. Okay. Okay, can you see that, Commissioner? Uh, I can. So where it says as part of the building permit application and number two there, I want to add the statement that says uh, as well as uh, the application for any demolition permit, comma. So right in there, yeah. Sorry, as well as the demolition. Uh, uh, as well as uh, as well as the application for any demolition permit. 
Calma. Okay. Okay, the next one is uh, condition number three. And it says it shall be designed as shown in the set of plans because they keep changing the project. That June date is relevant for some plans, but the landscape plans L1.00 and L2.00 are dated 6-13-2022. So I actually would like you to not as we speak, but we'll vote to do this to, to add the dates of all the plans that are in the set because that every usually they fix these before we get to we see it, but they're all they're all the all the dates are different. There's like I've found at least four or five different dates all over the place, so we need to list them because the the landscape plans from the June 25th date are no longer correct. Okay, I'll write a note. Okay, thank you. Um, and then on condition, um, what's the difference between condition two and condition 26? They look like they're identical. Is there a reason we're, we're doing them twice? No, there isn't. Okay, if you can delete, delete one of them. Okay. Uh, condition 33. Condition 35, I'm sorry, 30. 34 uh it says fire sprinklers i think you meant that that a fire sprinklers is, is condition number 35 could that be possible uh this is verbatim from the fire department uh yeah, i understand but it doesn't make any sense okay um uh, how would you like to modify it I, I i think it just means that the a fire sprinklers is part of 35 or or, or I think it, the eighth fire sprinklers is supposed to be the uh, item 35 title, I believe. Um, Madam Chair, uh, Commissioner Luxembourg, what they mean yeah. by that is that the fire sprinklers are a deferred submittal. The fire sprinklers are deferred submittal? Yeah. So Why are they deferred? Because they, they do it at building permit. And this is how they, this is how they, they condition it on their, on their um, conditions. Okay, it seems a little strange, but okay. Uh, all right, with that, uh, those are the ones that I have. And uh, for the future, Dan, if you could have, uh, the chair talked about getting QHQC after our resolutions, but also if we could have these uh, these conditions checked before they're submitted to us in the future, that would be helpful. Okay. That's the only, that's the rest that I have, Chair Feller, thank you. Great, right, thank you very much. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. No questions for staff. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't have any uh, questions specifically um, on this. I. I do like we have on previous um, resolutions or conditions. Want to tie the demo permit with the building permit, uh, particularly because of the type of uh, technology and construction that that this applicant is being very innovative. But I think it's really important to tie the two together. So Cecilia, I wanna make sure that that condition is covered in here. And again, because of um, you know uh, great innovation, 
there also sometimes comes a lack of supply, unfortunately, in this part of the world. So I want to make sure that any, any changes that this applicant might want to make to this design review uh, also uh, that it come back to this planning commission and not handled ministerially. Because th those things can um, uh, snowball very quickly and we want to make sure that um, uh, the, it's, this applicant uh, could, could get the proper support uh, in the event that this is, is approved. Okay. Okay. So uh, with that, unless there are any other questions for staff, I would like to uh, invite the applicant up here uh, to present uh, the, the changes to your design. Wel welcome this evening. Um, Matt, are you doing the majority of the presentation? And can we, you are now a co-host, so you should be able to share screen and um, work your microphone. Great, um, I will share screen then. Thank okay. you. And you'll have 15 minutes for a presentation and uh, Maria will get the timer clock up here. And uh, if you wanna reserve any time for later on, you're welcome to do that. So the floor is yours. All right, great, thank you. Um, so we're here to present our proposal for 52 Varda Landing Road. Um, we'll briefly cover our um, design concept from last time and specifically address the questions that we had from the commissioners and public at our last hearing. Um, and after I talk, we'll hear from our civil engineer, um, Sherwood engineers, about our sea level rise concept and modeling. Um, so just as a reminder, 52 Varda Landing Road, um, where this large kind of pin-shaped site um, along Varda Landing Road as it meets Gate 5 Road, um, half of the site is on land, the other half is over the bay. Um, existing structures include the gazebo houseboat, um, which will not be changed or modified in a proposal, the A-frame, which we are proposing to reclad and rotate slightly to meet setback requirements. Um, the summer house is a tool shed um, and we're proposing to demolish it. And then there is the one existing residence on land, the workshop, which we are also proposing to demolish and replace. Um, those three land-based structures can be seen here in this aerial and kind of cluster um, towards Varda Landing Road um, and are accessed with our easement across our neighbor's property line um, here at 40 Varda Landing Road. Um, the existing structures again are the workshop, which is the residence, um, significantly below grade and floods often, um, the A-frame, which we're proposing to reclad and reorientate slightly to meet setback requirements. Um, the gazebo houseboat will be unaffected and unchanged in this proposal and the summer house, which is a tool shed, we propose to demolish. Um, as I said, one of the strong characteristics and inspirations for our design is that the site floods frequently um, during king tides and strong storm events and will only continue to flood more. Um, the residence, as you can see, floods and is entirely unusable. Um, our proposal is really inspired by the history of the marine ship and the amazing houseboats, um, both docked on our site and nearby. Um, we love this concept of artists living and working on the water um, and this connection to nature and the amazing site we have. Um, the wood palettes, the kind of utilitarian yet quirky um, feel, and really just that strong connection to this amazing site. Um, our proposal, again, includes to leave the houseboat as is, unaffected, um, to rotate and reclad the A-frame, and to build this new um, residence. We will also be proposing to shift our easement from crossing 40 Varda Landing Road to crossing our own property at 60 Varda Landing Road. 
You can see again that the residence's floor plan is very straightforward. It's essentially a studio apartment with an attached art studio workspace. And the floor plan kind of tying to the houseboats is really all about this amazing view out to the bay off of this large screened deck. And the rest of this building and floor plan is really about preventing or providing, sorry, privacy from our neighbors, the street and the other properties at 60. And then you can see the A-frame here continue to be an accessory structure. Our civil engineer will speak further about it, but our general, I guess, landscape and kind of civil idea is to allow water to come naturally onto site as it does now, but kind of strategically guide it and filter it back into the bay. We'll be repurposing the existing tidal marsh that you can see here in purple and providing this new rain garden that you can see here in blue. And our noted change from our previous proposal, our previous proposal had a gravel driveway and gravel walkways. We've amended that to use these checker block pavers with grass plug infill in the driveway. And then this true grid paving with bluegrass sod in the walkways. And basically the idea with this is it's permeable, it's a stable, flat, steady driving and walking surface, and it allows the site to kind of adapt this more natural look and feel. Looking at the planting proposed for the site, again, we'll leave the purple tidal marsh as is with the existing plants. We'll be planting this native plant mix throughout here, shown in green. This is totally irrigation free. And then in the blue, we'll be planting this rain garden plant mix. These plants are a little more happy being inundated or wet. They will require irrigation for the first year after planting, but beyond that will be entirely irrigation free. As far as trees, we're providing this Hollywood juniper hedge to provide some privacy that our neighbor requested. And then we'll be using these Monterey cypress trees throughout, shown with a larger tree stand. Both of these are irrigation free as well. In terms of material palette, we're really trying to respect and talk to the surrounding buildings and houseboats, almost all of which are wood clad in various colors and hues and levels of wear. Our kind of special spin is that we're proposing to use this charred wood siding. And the idea with that is not only does it give the wood kind of a unique character, but it also adds durability from the elements, you know, the sun, the wind, water, and salt that this will all be exposed to. In areas that will touch water more frequently, like the base of our building, we're even providing this concrete base kind of added durability. Again, looking at the elevations, you can see this concrete base, our rectilinear shape, which I'll talk about later, and this charred wood siding. And you can see again that this building is really all about that one view out towards the bay and providing privacy otherwise. The A-frame will maintain its existing character and shape, but will be reclad and kind of given the facelift it needs to be that accessory structure. Looking at a couple sections, one kind of restriction to note is that we're within FEMA's AE 10-foot flood zone. And that means that we're required to have a finished floor level one foot above that flood level, which is where this 11-foot elevation is coming from. You'll note that that is a significant increase from the existing grade and existing floor level at seven feet. It's almost this four-foot jump. But that is a FEMA requirement. 
Um, and even with that said, we are still notably staying below our neighbor's um, deck in view lines next door at 40 Varda Landing. Um, we are still below their kind of privacy screen and negotiated and spoke with that neighbor about that height. Um, the special thing that this required lift allows us to do, as you already know, is to propose these floating foundations. There'll be a volume of foam encased in concrete below our finished floor that will allow the building to literally lift in place. Um, and that is our reasoning for having such a kind of efficient square utilitarian layout is the building has to actually float and be balanced. Um, you can see here that we have this raised finished floor level with foam below um, and pilings within the walls. During normal tidal activity, um, it'll just sit on the ground. During seasonal flooding, our raised floor level will allow us to stay above the waterline and likely not actually lift the building. Um, but during those significant 100-year flood events, during um, you know taking future sea level rise into account, the building will actually be able to resiliently lift in place and stay usable um, and safe during these flood events. Um, just looking at some quick renderings, you can see 60 Varda Landing as is um, next door to our site at 52 with this new easement proposed across 60 um, and the two buildings beyond. Um, moving on to the site, you can see these connected pathways with that new true grid and grass infill paving leading to uh, the bay. The entrance into the residence here, um, a view into the connected art studio here, and then the A-frame beyond. Um, and then looking from the back, again, this residence is really all about creating this connection to the bay and this private um, kind of protected space for that occupant. And you can see the A-frame next door, which um, as we zoom out, kind of again, shields this little private space from the property at 60 and the tenants there. Um, and the idea is that this view corridor reaches out towards the bay over our new irrigation-free and native planting um, and really just celebrates the unique site we have. Um, that is the end of my presentation. And with that, I'd love to hand it over to um, Sherwood engineers to talk about our sea level rise information. Let's stop the clock there, Marie, for just a moment. Who, who on your team? Is that uh, Brian Garrett? Um, I believe it'll either be, I think it'll be Jimmy Galvez presenting. Okay, there's Jimmy. Are you able to unmute? There we go. Uh, there you go. Hear me? Okay. okay, let's go ahead and keep the clock going. Uh, welcome, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, so I'll share my screen. Um, um, to mention, Jimmy Galvez, uh, Sherwood's Design Engineer, still on the record. As um, Matt shared, uh, from the site perspective, the, the, the site was um, it, it beyond the views. It was also place in such a way that could minimize grading and, and, and also uh, maintain drainage patterns for wherever existing drainage pattern, patterns were possible. Uh, with me is Sebastian Birch, who will speak to the to the sea uh, level rise component in our analysis that was performed early on. So, Sebastian. Maria, can we help uh, Sebastian unmute there? Hi, thank you very much. 
So when we're looking at these sea level rise considerations for coastal projects, we kind of have a general procedure that we use for the Bay Area. We're really fortunate in the area that we have good local guidance. And that goes all the way from strategic level planning down to the site specific guidance. So we start off with regional assessments in the North Bay, Marin County, we've got this resource out of the Bay Wave study, um, which provides that high level kind of planning guidance. Uh, our project here is at the top of the black circle in the image. And that provides some guidance as to what conditions you should consider, what sea level rise projections are relevant. These sorts of planning studies show district impacts. They don't show site specific considerations. Um, they, they just can't get to that. So we take the next step down into, uh, next slide, more of a um, kind of district focused Marin Map Viewer, the county GIS provides, uh, this is the most zoomed in resource we have. It provides better uh, projections. This is showing the one level sea level rise at mean higher high water daily high tide. It does not consider site development considerations, what's being raised, and it doesn't have any information on finished floor elevation. So again, it's a good planning tool, but once we get into design, next slide, we wanna look at site specifics. So our study was really focused on the design guidance tool. What are the, what are the possible property impacts? So this considers the actual site specific development considerations where are pathways being raised, what is the exact finished floor elevation and it's based on a detailed survey of the actual specific site. Here we're showing the one foot, two foot, three foot uh, sea level rise numbers, um, same as Marin Map Viewer and uh, showing what areas are affected by different water levels. Next slide. The, the next challenge is so we know what water levels affect what parts of the property, but then what sea level rise numbers should we actually use? This comes to what guidance is available. Not having specific regulatory guidance from the county or the city, what we use in the area is the OPC 2018 sea level guidance provided by the state. That uh, we always kind of consider the worst case scenario, high emissions scenario, RCP 8.5 which lays out a probability-based approach. How much might sea level rise in a certain year and what's the likelihood of that happening? Because there's definitely gonna be some, there's likely to be more than that, and there's a lower likelihood of even a higher amounts. So for a project like this, the OPC guidance is that since there's not a significant risk to infrastructure or human safety, um, because the project is adaptable, it should use this likely prediction, which has a 66% chance of happening in a certain year. And that matches the Bay Wave guidance that says, if it's sensitive to flooding, but it's adaptable, it is not considered as vulnerable. So the OPC 2018 guidance would say this is considered a low risk. So we will use the range of sea level rise on the right. Next slide. I think I'm short on time. So we'll just say we kind of explored in our study, which uh, I believe you have four scenarios. When will the property start being affected? When will there be risk to structure and life? And so first would be at current high water, how much sea level rise do you need before the finished floor elevations are affected by the daily high tide? Sea level would have to rise about five feet 
And there's a 66% chance based on the high emission scenarios that we see that level of sea level rise by around 2140, so long time horizon. But we don't just care about high tide, those annual or two to three times annual king tides where we get a couple extra feet of water. Uh, we do care about those. When does that reach the finished floor? That would be at about three feet of sea level rise, likely to happen around the end of the century. Again, we also care about uh, storm surges. So that 100-year storm, the 1% storm, would add around 3.7 feet of sea level rise based on tidal data from near to the project site and provided by the Army Corps. That would, we'd see about a 9.6 foot uh, elevation of the water level. That's still below finished floor elevations. You do have in, you know, partial inundation on stuff on the property, but from a human risk perspective, the buildings aren't affected. It's only when you start looking at sea level rise during that 100-year storm that we start to see near-term impacts to the finished floor elevation. So if you add a 100-year storm with sea level rise, at what, at what point do we start seeing the finished floor being reached? So around 2060. So that 1% one, uh, 1 chance storm has a chance of reaching the current finished floor elevation by around 2060. Now, that said, so the project is adaptable. Forgive my, for, please forgive my interruption. I'm, I'm not attempting to be rude here, but we're, we're out of time um, for the presentation. However, I know that this commission will have questions for you. Um, I don't know how many more slides you, you had here, but um, I know that- oh, you, you timed it perfect. Uh, that was the last bit. Uh, we just sum up to say, since the buildings are architecturally adaptable to the higher water levels, we, the, uh, by the guidance, we see the project as, as low risk and adaptable. So right. That was our last slide. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and certainly, let's go ahead and stop uh, screen share for the moment. We might have to refer back to these, but um, don't go far because um, this would be the time for uh, the commissioners to ask the applicant any questions before we head into public comment. So, um, Commissioner Luxembourg, would you like to start us off? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank the applicant for the additional changes they've made and the additional information. I have no more questions at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Graff. Um, <clears throat> I don't really have any questions. It's all pretty clear. I, I'm still a little unclear about um, uh, the floating foundation system and what happens when with to the utilities that are coming in to the structure like gas, electrical, water, sewer, all that stuff, um, um, what have you. Uh, how if the if the building moves, what happens with the infrastructure? If I could respond to that um so from the utility perspective um all of this is uh is there flexible uh pipe connections right that allow the flexibility uh of of those utility infrastructure to continue to, to operate as the as the building is moving technology that is used all the time and it's similar other applications like in in galveston in, in texas uh so uh, um so you know that answers the question Thank you. Um, that's, um, 
Oh, wait, there was one other question. Um, and that, at, at, at some point, some view impact came up. And I was never really clear, and I can't be clear from visiting the site, what view impact might have been, um, might have worried somebody or, or might have been an issue. Uh, I, I just don't see that. Uh, and maybe I'm just <laughs> misremembering. I guess that would be a question uh, for the architect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, thank you. I I could be misremembering, but I, I want to say that the view impacts were comments to our 60 border landing proposal, which was on the previous agenda. Um, we didn't end up presenting it, but there was a time for public comment. Um, and I think that was more directly in the view corridor of, I want to say, 24 Varda Landing Road. Um, but I, I don't believe it was a comment that was addressed to this specific proposal. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, no other questions right now. Thanks. Thank you, Commissioner Graff. Commissioner Saad. Um, Matt, just a quick question for you. You had mentioned in the rain garden that there would be some plants that would only require irrigation for the first um, year. Are you looking for an irrigation system there? Or would it just be manually maintained for that first year of life? Um, I believe on the landscape drawings, it calls out drip or irrigation for the first year of life. So there would be a drip irrigation system. Okay, great. I must have um, not seen that. Thank you for clarifying. That is my only question at this time. Thank you, Chair Feller. Thank you very much. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, I appreciate the uh, progress of the design, and I, I think it's uh, it's gotten better, and uh, I think you answered all of, a lot of our questions. I'm, I'm curious about the, the Delta um, bluegrass sod. It, I mean, so in, and with respect to that and other plants, I mean, I mean this area does get inundated with tides. I understand it's a drought-tolerant California-designed sod grown specifically for California climates, but it, it it seems like some of these areas are going to be regularly hit with bay water, which is you know has some salt in it. Has that been kind of considered in terms of selecting the sod? I I believe that it was a consideration of our landscape architect, and that that was a grass specifically chosen to be able to uh, stay alive and remain resilient with that flooding. Thank you. Um, thank you again for the presentation. I, I have a couple questions um, and ha happy to see progress on, on a lot of the issues that we brought up before. Um, I, I'm still a little bit unclear how the architecture was modified. Um, what exactly did you modify on the, on the building? Um, I, I guess the direct answer is that the architecture was not modified. Um, we would just like to make the argument that we believe that it, it does fit within the fabric of the marine ship and does speak to the existing houseboats, both on site and in the grander Sausalito context. Okay. Um, and so we did not modify the architectural design. Okay. And um in in the process of putting together your your landscape plan have you consulted at all with southern Marin fire district 
we we have and none of the plants are on their um, fire risk list. So even the Monterey Cypress they were okay with? That is my understanding um, after our landscape architects review. Okay, Cecilia, I think we need to make a note. Um, Southern Rim Fire has always wanted those trees removed or off on, on their naughty list or their non-desirable, whatever they call it list. Let's just make sure uh, if they if they say it's okay. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't have a problem. I just want to make sure that. Uh, we're we're doing the right thing here. Um, so if, if we can uh, include that um, on our list of, of issues and, and conditions. Um, and then I wanted to, so it sounds like you guys coordinated with Baywave, um, with Chris Chu and her group at the county. But I, I still have not gotten, I, I still don't understand if you have spoken directly to the Sausalito's Sea Level Rise and Subsidence Task Force who are, who do have the comprehensive GIS mapping. And so some of the, some of the calculations and numbers are different than what the Sausalito model is, is saying. Um, and so I, I don't know if you ever coordinated or spoke to them as, as asked. Um, can you speak a little bit to that? Um, and then I'll just throw a couple more out because they're all related and it might just be easier to have the discussion rather than one by one. I want to um, I want to make sure that you've had a look at our uh, general plan update that um, the recent recent update because there is some specific language in there about sea level rise and subsidence um, and again just want to make sure that this project is going to be a successful one um, but I and obviously uh, as I've said before you know the idea of the innovation technology and finally bringing uh, something that's fairly mainstream from other parts of the world here is great but these conditions here are different than, you know, other, other parts of the world. So I want to make sure that we have a viable solution. And then MCL also adopted a sea level rise policy, a public policy, um, which does, you know, affect or include, let's say, uh, Sausalito. So I want to know, th those are just a bunch of the same of, of questions all around sea level rise. So I thought it might be easier just to throw them all out and then hear, hear what you guys have to say. I'll, I'll start then, Sebastian, you can jump in uh, after. Um, um, the reference to the subsidence uh, district or, or uh, authority, we, didn't, we, didn't, we haven't spoken to it directly uh, yet. I think what we were trying to show is that, um, as, as Sebastian laid out, that the, uh, the different, the, the, the different um, uh, systems were uh, uh, have a certain level of, uh, of um, accuracy for as a planning study. However, at the, at the site specific level, it's kind of where we got into a little bit more detailed approach where we actually had a surveyor go out there and measure the new high, uh, higher high water line. And that began to inform our, our 12 inches, 24 inches, and 36 inches of how, it, how the spread uh, um, goes throughout the site. Um, I know Sebastian, if you uh, want to add anything more to that. Yeah, uh, on on that question of utilizing the available Marin GIS, that that's the, the same GIS data source that Marin Map Viewer uses, and so we show that on our second slide. Um, it shows a, an outline, a rather pixelated outline, because it's 
it's a more zoomed out approach and it doesn't consider the surveyed site specifics. So that's why we get all the way for design purposes, we get down to what is the site grading actually going to result in for water levels. From a policy perspective, uh, we did reach out to Chris Chu and coordinated with her on um, is there fixed guidance uh, on what elevation of sea level rise? Is it 10 inches, 24, 36, you know, six and a half feet? What is the number that must be designed to? That number doesn't exist yet, um, apparently from a regulatory perspective provided by the county or the city, um, or a, a date. It must be hardened to sea level that is going to be experienced by 20, 68, 2100. That, that fixed guidance doesn't exist yet. And so what the regional, what the usual regional planning efforts defer to is this state guidance that says, pick your risk tolerance for the project. Is it a high risk or a low risk based on threat to human safety, based to threat to costly infrastructure and based on the adaptability of the site and pick the appropriate um, probability. So for this, since it's an adaptable low risk project, we use a very likely sea level rise. If this were a municipal infrastructure project, it would have to be informed by a much um, a higher sea level prediction that had a less likely chance of happening. You, you typically use the, the state guidance that would say a uh, 0.5% chance sea level condition, which is a very high elevation. And so we, not having specific numbers, we, uh, not having specific elevations, what we defer to is guidance that says, use these um, likely scenarios and uh, ensure that the property is either hardened or adaptable to those levels. So I'd say we are, and utilizing the guidance provided by the um, our contacts with at the county and at the city, but there isn't a fixed number that is required. It the, the reality is the world of sea level adaptation is not as developed as uh, what we're used to from flood planning. There isn't a single line on a map that they says everybody has to follow FEMA 100, and, and so, that's the number. So yeah, so I think that's why I I. I referred you to the Sausalito Sea Level Rise and Subsidence Task Force because it's not just sea level rise, it is subsidence. And I don't want to start cutting, you know, splitting hairs over the maps. Obviously, um, Sausalito's mapping uh, does include an overlay of, of the marine maps. Um, and obviously, Cass, Cass Green, who is, you know, a preeminent nationally known uh, a GIS mapper who uh, owns the In Above Tides and, and is a Sausaloan, if I can say that. Um, she she's really the authority. She's considered the authority on this, and, and has been leading the sea level rise and subsidence because parts of where Varda Landing and, and and north of that have substantial subsidence issues on top of sea level rise. And I I just want to make sure that these things have been taken into consideration. Um, I I really do. I, I love this project, and I I want to see it go through. But I want to make sure that it's successful and we think through these things. Um, and there is proposed ordinance change specific to sea level rise and subsidence here 
and additional language that's been adopted through the general plan. And that's why I'm bringing it up. I, I'm not, you know, you're the engineer on this project, I am not. I just wanna make sure that we're being clear and the questions that were brought up at the last hearing are actually addressed in this hearing. And, and it doesn't sound like you spoke to the folks we asked you to speak to or consider this issue of subsidence. And, and I, wanna, I wanna give you a chance to comment on it uh, just because this, this is a reality here in Sausalito. So have, have you accounted for subsidence? I guess maybe I'll, I'll ask it that way. I think from that standpoint, then we can, you know, follow up with a uh, response on the subsidence aspect. Um, so. Okay. Yeah, because it's just a, it's it's a you know it's a problem here. Um, obviously, you guys you guys would know that. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that we had a conversation of, about that. I mean, I, I really appreciate you guys taking into consideration some of the comments on paving and things like that. I, I think it's I, I think it's much nicer that way. It sort of softens uh, the project and um, I think it's it's a much better solution, although that's slightly subjective. I think it's better for that area overall. Um, those are all the questions that, that I uh, had and appreciate you um, listening to me on those. Um, commissioners, do you have any more questions for the applicant at this time, just by a show of hands? Okay, if not, then I'm gonna go ahead and open this up to public comment. Um, and uh, to do so, uh, please raise your hand in the Zoom application in your reactions at your the bottom bar on your screen, uh, or you can press star nine on your cell phone. Uh, each speaker will have three minutes um, for their comment, and I will call upon you in the order I see you on my screen. So this is a time for public comment on item 6B, 52 Barter Landing. I am not seeing any hands raised at this time. I'll go ahead and close public comment and uh, move this discussion up to deliberations to our virtual bias here uh, on the screen. Um, Kusha Luxembourg, do you wanna start us off? Uh, sure, I think uh, they've made some improvements to this project. I think with the changes that you've suggested and I've suggested, I believe we could move ahead with this project. So. Okay. Um, Commissioner Graf, your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> generally, I uh, uh, support the project. I like it. I think it's well thought out and, and it, it's better. Um, in visiting the site again I was, and looking at the story poles, um, I was struck by how tall this structure is. And uh, it's really quite tall. It's, um, and uh, I just couldn't get away from that. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there is any way that this structure could be lowered i see that there's a parapet i see that the uh, studio ceiling is higher um just wondering if there's any way that uh it could be brought down a bit um and that was the only kind of quarrel i have with with the project everything about it everything else i really like 
Commissioner Graff, just a follow-up question to your, your comments. Uh, you, if, if you're talking about the option of possibly lowering it, are you, in your mind, are you thinking six, six inches, two feet? Like, what, what is a little bit to you? Well, I, I, you know, in looking at the at the section of the building, uh, you can't lower it too much. But um, um, but it seems like it, it might be possible, not uh, not by lowering the floor level certainly, but by uh, at the roof level. And and maybe it's just not maybe it's just not possible, but. Uh, I, I could see from the sections that there might be a way to squeeze some, uh, you know, six inches or a foot out of there. Um, oh, I don't know that that, that it's a game that you know that's a, a game changer. Okay. Okay. Any any more comments or any thoughts or changes you would recommend? No, that's the only thing. I, I, uh, you know, ever, everything else about it. I think, it's, I think it's a really great design. I like it. Um, <clears throat> so I would like to see it built. <laughs> I would also like to see it a little shorter, but uh, that's my personal viewpoint. Okay. Okay. Um, Commissioner Sun. Um, <clears throat> I think. I think um, a lot of the questions we had had been addressed previously. I am a little disappointed that there were no design changes. I think we had expressed, I know I, I personally expressed um, concern over some of the colors. Um, I, I still find it really dark um, and maybe we can reopen up that discussion back to the applicant if we're in agreement. Um, Design-wise, I, I think the design makes sense. I think it's an innovative solution, but um, was definitely hoping to see some some changes given some of the direction from last time. So um, that's that's a comment more visually than than anything else. Um, I also visited the height. I think I understand Commissioner Graff's concern to the eye. I think if the neighbor and i don't know the address but um the neighbor that's immediately adjacent i think matt might have mentioned that there was an agreement there and some understanding um around view corridors i don't know if there was any other public comment i didn't see anything else come through for this particular uh address this time around so i it does look tall but i, I don't think i don't know if there are any concerns from the neighbors um, to take into account over that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, overall, good project. I, I, Chair Feller, I think you brought up some great points. I think it's a good learning opportunity here in terms of sustenance. And with that in mind, um, I don't know if I'd be 100% comfortable moving forward tonight, just given that there might still be some, um, some things to look into in that realm. But outside of that, uh, overall, I think it's a great it's a good project. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, I think it's a, a great project. I think they've responded as, as much as they can to our comments from the last meeting. I, I really do hope we can move forward tonight. Um, I, you know, I think it's a good project and I, uh, I hope we can move forward. Thank you. Um, 
you know, I, I love this project. I would love to move it forward. I, you know, we were pretty clear though at our, our last hearing about um, the design. I, we all had different comments perhaps about that, or some of us did, some of us didn't. Um, and those might even have been conflicting. Um, but but to have absolutely no change or, or options to look, look at or, or that dialogue, I'm a, I, I'm a little disappointed, I mean, about that. And you, you were also specifically asked to coordinate and model through the Salcedo um, sea level rise and subsidence task force uh, because our GIS mapping is more comprehensive than even the county. The county uses ours now. Um, and and it's this is a great oppor opportunity. This is a great project. You've come in with great innovation and technology. I'm a massive fan of that and wish we would see more of that. And I'm, I'm rooting like heck for for this project and for you, but I, I'm, I'm feeling a little underwhelmed that, that there was just no response to some of the clear requests from some of the commissioners here. And we ask these things or make comments like this, um, you know, just not, not to be completely ignored. Um, if, you know, if, if you're standing so strongly by the design, uh, you're the architect again, I'm not, but I, I don't really hear much reason why there's no like zero flexibility or any changes to the design. There's no justification or or there's no explanation. So it's very, you know, it's sort of like, well, I don't feel like it. Uh, so I don't really understand that. And so it's hard for me to um, root, root for it to, without understanding whatever the explanation is as to why there's there's absolutely no change to it whatsoever or an attempt to it. So it's, it's a little hard for me. I, I do not like continuing projects like, like this um, that I think have, have a lot of promise, but at the same time, we apply the same standards equally and fairly to every single applicant that comes in front of us. And so when we ask for more information or, or ask for, um, or provide input, we, we expect to either receive it or, or be given some, some, you know, professional explanation as to why, why not, which, which I would duly respect as well. So that, that's sort of where I fall on this. Um, I don't know if we can carve out some additional uh, conditions um, for uh, additional information and maybe conditionally approve this. That's something, Cecilia, we need to talk about or commissioners, we need to talk about how to do that. Um, so that's sort of where I fall. I don't know if anyone else has thoughts about, about that. If, if not, um, yes, I'll, I'll jump in again. And, and um, <clears throat> I, I do kind of remember some conversation. I didn't go back and revisit our last um, review, but uh, about the dark color um, as it being rather severe. And um, I, I, you know, I think. I, after looking at it uh, for a while, I, I've kind of gotten used to it, but uh, I could certainly see a lighter value overall to, to the buildings. I mean, they are a rather stark contrast to the neighbors. 
Uh, I know there are some dark colors here and there, but generally speaking, uh, it's a lighter tonality uh, in the neighborhood and, and it might fit a little better that way. As far as the height goes, uh, you know, if there's, a, if, there's a, if, if there's a way to shrink it a little bit, that'd be great. Um, maybe not. But um, so those are my only concerns uh, still. Uh, I'm not sure how the other commissioners feel about those, but um, that's kind of where I stand. I'm, um, I'm a little on the fence about uh, whether to approve it as is. Um, so. Yeah, Vice Chair Junius. I mean, uh, with all due respect on the height issue, the building is well below the height limit. Um, I, I think I, I think the, if I saw correctly, the A-frame itself is like, you know, significantly taller than the proposed home. Um, and and in my experience, you know, when you get to this level, removing six inches or even a foot from the height of this structure, it's, it's still going to look big. <laughs> you know, that you'd have to have a dramatic reduction in height and really squash it down, which is I don't think we can do. And that extra six inches or 12 inches, I think, makes a huge difference to the livability of the unit, the volume created on the interior. So, you know, I, I wouldn't support a, 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 de a decrease in the height. Um, and I'd also, I, I don't know if we can welcome the architect back if he wants to defend his design and defend the color. Uh, I'm very agnostic about that. I usually trust architects to do the right thing, but that's where I would stand on the design issues. Great, appreciate that. Commissioner um, Luxembourg. Uh, yeah, I, I would concur with Commissioner Junius on the height. I don't think the six inches is gonna make that much of a big deal. And as the water rises, the building's gonna come up a little bit anyway. So. I, I think if we're only talking six inches to a foot, but that's not going to make a huge difference. I would concur with uh, Commissioner Graff on the on the color. The the darkness has always bothered me, but you know, it's you know. Uh, so I I'm able to see what the applicant would say about the color itself uh, on that. Okay. okay, thank you for that. Um, and for the record, I don't have an issue with the height at all. It sounds like this applicant worked closely with the adjacent neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so the, the height doesn't obstruct their, the, the next door uh, balcony. So I, I don't have an issue with that uh, either. Um, but um, Commissioner Saad, do you have any additional thoughts or shall I ask the architect? Um, yeah, I'd respond? love to hear from the architect. I think I'd love some clarification around um, that material because I feel like, and I'm not familiar with this material, so I don't know if it's, this material is specific to this color so maybe we can discuss that um when when the architect comes back up for the record i don't have an issue with the height either um disagree with you respectfully commissioner graf um but yeah i don't take an issue there uh but the design and the color i'd love to hear more okay all right okay well with that matt why don't we um ask you up here to our virtual dives maybe I mean, obviously you've heard some of our deliberations and discussions um if you'd like to address any of those um we're all ears for sure yeah um thank you for those comments and i'd, I'd be happy to address them um let me briefly share screen um so just to address the two comments on cover um so Shishugibon 
or the charred wood that we're, we're talking about using um, does come in a variety of colors. Normally it is that darker, close to black, kind of gray color. Um, but you can see in this, sorry, little last minute screen grab, that there is the option for um, a little bit of variation and even brushing to reveal um, slightly lighter, kind of warmer tones in the wood. Um, Matt, I'm sorry to interrupt. Can you just like make that a little bit bigger for everybody? Uh, so of course, can... sorry about that. It's um, okay. That be... That's helpful to see. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we have been we've been showing you know a darker um, color, you know, roughly maybe in this node or or somewhere around this area. Um, but there is the opportunity for color variation and there is a chance for brushing or kind of revealing warmer wood tones within that. Um, the, the other item that I, I guess I just wanted to point out um, is that while there is a, a great variety in the colors and wood tones around us, um, kind of our two most significant neighbors are actually fairly dark tones as well. Um, you can see the building at 40 Varda Landing Road, um, which is kind of a mix up here in the top corner of, you know, anything from a darker brown to kind of a weathered gray and really even getting close to that tone that we're recommending. Um, and then the um, famous houseboat next to us um, is also a very dark brown tone. Um, so yeah, we, we feel that it, it does blend and get, and get close to those colors, um, but there is the opportunity for variation. And, and would your client be um, willing to consider another color? Um, I, I believe so. I, I mean, I think this is our preferred color and architecture, um, architectural suggestion. Um, but if it's something that the commissioners would really like to see, we can certainly explore different colors or different tones. Okay. Commissioners, any, any additional follow-on questions specific to the, to the uh, color? Hello. Yes, Vice Chair. Yeah, um, I, I think that's interesting. Is there a way, um, Matt, could you put up a, the site plan again and point out the proximity of the um, the adjacent structure, which I think I get where it is, but that the big Vallejo houseboat yeah, um, yes. on your site plan, just so we can get the the um, proximities there. Because I, I mean, I do think that's very interesting. And I, I'm, I think it supports the, you know, newish, darker color, you, you know, even toward the black and dark gray because you do have those darker uh, colors around. So where's the Vallejo again? Um, so our proposed residence is here, and this is the Vallejo out here, um, right. which was that dark houseboat. And then our neighbor at 40 Varda Landing Road um, sits right on the property line next to us. So in some respects, you have like the, the Vallejo is almost like your backdrop when you're sitting out there on Varda Landing, you're seeing in the foreground your new building with the very dark that you're proposing. And in the background, the not quite as dark, but the heavy dark brown Vallejo. So I think that's interesting. I'd, um, I'd, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Yeah, um, thank you. Commissioner Saad, um, any thoughts? Yes, I, I definitely 
there are a lot of colors that you just showed that I, I definitely um, prefer. But let me ask you, Matt, um, not only from a color standpoint, because I think you had made a comment around this particular type of uh, wood. It, it would, would the color is irrelevant to what it would do for your structure as a as a substance, correct? You said it takes like the weather really well and um, is just more sustainable. If I if I heard you correctly. Um, so would there be any, the color would not affect the, the quality, is that correct? Um, it's actually, I, I would say that it's, it's not correct. The, um, the charring is adding the durability um, and it's important for fireproofing, for weather resistance, for pests and termites. Um, and so that layer is providing the protection. And so as you begin to kind of scrub it off to reveal more of the uncharred wood below, that is removing some of the durability. Okay. That was my question, thank you. So, so Matt, what we're looking at now, the, the black color in the very middle is the charring. It, it's not a stain, it's not a paint, it's actual charring, correct? Exactly, and there's kind of variations or levels of, of charring and kind of, you know, letting the actual grain disappear here and becoming kind of chunkier, um, or that charring being brushed away to reveal uncharred wood. Um, what about think, the blue colors? I, to be totally honest, I've just pulled this from the internet. I'm, I'm not sure how they get this more blue tone in there. Um, it may be, um, it may be a stain yeah, really? I'm not advocating blue, don't mm -hmm. worry, but I'm just trying to walk everyone, both the commission and everyone watching um, or listening in what we're looking at here so we understand um, it's not just a color, it's, it's, it's how you're treating the wood. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. it's not just an artificial black paint, it is a chemical difference once the wood is charred. Um, any other questions on color from any commissioners? Just go ahead. Don't wait for me to call them on you. Well, I, yeah, I, um, no, I'm saying this. It's, it's, this is informative. Um, I, I, you know, I, I would lean toward the warmer tones, um, but now I'm getting a better understanding of the, 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 the chemistry of this. Um, question that I have is like most materials over time and weathering, um, the many dark finishes will lighten up and many light colors like redwood will darken and get very close to the one on the very right hand side there. Um, so I'm just wondering, is it, do you expect it to change much over time? I, I believe it will lighten and gray over time. I think that's correct. Great question, Commissioner Graff. And any other comments from any other commissioners specific to the color? Okay, I think we can stop sharing screen here. Okay. Do you want to, Matt, I mean, you I still want to give you the opportunity to address the, the design because there's been no change to the design and, and that's something that you got several comments from commissioners back at our last hearing. So can you can you address that? 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think that we, uh, apologies if, if the sentiment was that um, we were meant to change the design. It felt like we got kind of comments um, approving and comments disapproving or questioning the design. Um, so it, it wasn't meant to directly ignore um, comments. I, I think that we, uh, we, we just, I don't know, we, we feel strongly about the uh, charred wood being a great solution. Um, we feel that the wood texture and tone and aesthetic um, connects to the houseboats and buildings on land nearby. Um, and we feel that the kind of straightforward rectilinear utilitarian um, layout and shape of the building is really necessary to make it realistically float down the line. Okay. Mr. Is any any questions or, or comments to to the map there? Well, I would, uh, so can I sorry? Can I add one last thing that I'm forgetting as well is that um, I guess really an intent of that dark color too is to let this building kind of disappear into the landscape and let the bay and landscaping define the site as opposed to the building. Um, Commissioner Brown. Oh, I was just saying, um, um, all things considered, um, I would only lean a little bit towards the warmer version of this material. Um, uh, I don't have so much of a problem with 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 the, with the value. Uh, it does feel kind of dark, but um, as as you said, it might lighten up a little bit. Um, I think personally, I feel a little more comfortable with uh, one of the warmer tones, but uh, I don't know how the other okay. uh, feel about that. That's good feedback. Any, anybody else have any thoughts? Mr. Luxembourg? Uh, I mean, I, I would lean towards the warmer tones also when you see the houseboat behind it. It's, it's not as dark. I don't. I, I think this being darker than that is not preferred. But you know, uh, I would lean to, to a slightly lighter color, not light meaning white, but light meaning brown, not black. But uh, you know, but I understand what they're trying to do. So, and if it changes the if it changes the material, that changes the equation a little bit. So. Um, Matt. You know, in, in that photo with the, the charcoal effect, which I have seen and can can look very nice in, in certain applications, I think what's throwing us off is like, this is a very large structure and it's a large black box. And maybe you can address the patina that charcoaling gets or how you could get a better texture on it um, through the charcoaling effect, so it has a natural variegated look, so it doesn't look like just a giant box. Do you want to respond to that, or? Yeah, sorry, I, I wasn't sure if that was a, a comment or if I was meant to respond. Um, I, I think we, we could address it, and I, I get that it is feeling, I, I get the 
feedback, I guess. Um, I would point out that it is a 909 square foot studio apartment. Um, and I think that a lot of the perceived mass in height is coming from this femur requirement um, that I suspect other neighboring parcels will have to respect down the road. Um, but I, I think that if the commission would like us to study um, variations in color or warmer tones, we would be happy to. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Um, any other comments about color from the commission? Okay. Um, do you want to address the comments about the sea level rise and specifically subsidence in Sausalito? Sea level rise task force and our general plan language regarding subsidence and sea level rise. And did you did you include the MCL pol public policy because that affects us here too? Um, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy, you're uh, unmuted. Yeah, I think just want to clarify. I think maybe I misunderstood earlier. In, uh, I think from the component of contacting the task force, we did not, but I do want to clarify that subsidence has been taken into account in the design process of the building, uh, of, of the site. Um, there is still, uh, the geotechnical engineer's uh, report was conducted, uh, uh, the geotechnical investigation was conducted and the report shows that there's no reference to subsidence, but there was a reference to settlement in, based on the existing loading conditions, there is a, there's a prediction of anywhere between two to four inches of settlement over the next 50 years. Um, so part of those parameters will be uh, taken into account during the design building permit process from, from that aspect. Um, so I wanted, to, I wanted to share that background as well. And um, Sebastian, I don't know if you wanted to expand also on our uh, approach with the with the Bayway with the Bayway model. I didn't quite understand that. Your hands over your microphone. Oh, I was I was uh, I was um, referencing. I was uh, reaching out to my uh, colleague Sebastian to speak to the Bay, to our approach with the Bayway connection as well. Yeah, so our exhibits use different um, elevations of sea level rise than the maps that Baywave uses. It all comes down to the question of um, which risk number are you using and what year projection are you considering? And so some of the guidance uh, will kind of use the 10 inch, 20 inch, 60 inch guidance, um, which are the high risk for non-adaptable projects. In this case, we're using numbers from the same data set, but we're using the likely risk uh, values, which is where um, the, which is where kind of our four scenarios on our last slide uh, predicted the levels. And so the, the challenge comes from um, picking the sea level rise is a, is a helpful number, but once you get down into the site-specific considerations, it, it matters kind of how long and what your time frame is. The looking quickly at the Sausalito information that's available on the um, online, 
it's using the same data set. It's using the OPC 2018, both for its numbers of sea level rise and its guidance as to what types of projects would apply, would be considered adaptable or low risk uh, like this project and our sub should be guided by a lower level of sea level rise than a higher level of sea level rise. And so there seems to be general conformance. We'll definitely want to reach out to Green to get specifics on are there subsidence concerns that are more significant than what the site-specific geotechnical evaluations had shown? Um, just to confirm that there's not some really significant um, regional effects that might change the calculus on what is a safe finished floor elevation and at what point does this structure start floating? Um, so we'll want to double check that, but generally speaking, based on the site-specific information we have from the geotechnical engineer, the uh, subsidence is kind of a treated with a similar adaptation strategy to sea level rise, which is um, at some point in the long-term future of this structure during large storm events, we'll start to see it floating. And in the longer term, you start looking at um, more repeat incidences where the structures start floating. So it doesn't seem to be a very significant strategic change to the adaptation strategy. But we'll, um, we'll reach out to her and just double check that there aren't, uh, there is another site specific information that's not considered. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, it's as we asked before, and we asked it for a reason, it's really critical to have this model through the Sausalito Sea Level Rise and Subsidence Task Force and, and city GIS maps. The city has a license for it really important to to be done and, and this is something that is applied now to all projects um, in in our higher risk zones which is identified through, through that process um, which is why we asked it for it before it's, it's just it's really important and uh, you know the good news bad news about this project is that you're 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 one of the first ones so you get to be a, a leader but you know again you, we've got to get got to get through doing that um, I'm, I'm willing to consider a, crafting some kind of condition um, to require this for assigning a working group um, uh, of the commission to ensure that this is followed through on. And uh, Cecilia, I think we were pretty clear the last time, this is something that should have been completed before this came back to us. So we just need to be mindful that we are actually doing what we're saying we're doing here. Um, and being fair to all applicants and, and apply the same standard equally. So, um, what, what, any thoughts from the commissioners about um, crafting a condition about this, since this is moving into our public policy requirement? Any, any objection or any thoughts about it? Support? Chair yeah. Keller? Would, would the, condition be I'm just trying to wrap my head around I, I'd be in support of it I'd actually um, I'd love to see us be able to work this through tonight um, but what I I'm not sure I'm following is the the language around the condition would it be if the um, if the sea level you know the task force doesn't agree with what's been presented or how would we what are you thinking and maybe I can get into my frame of mind. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, you know, and there's there's a reason that they've been working on this for over a year, um, is 
this project needs to be modeled through, um, the, through the city's um, comprehensive GIS. So it's actually more robust than BayWave, um, which is why BayWave wants it, why Chris wants it. So what I'm looking for is to ensure that we have that um, and that would be a condition that they would need to uh, uh, produce that um, as part of the documentation for a demo and building permit um, to make sure, again, we want this to be a successful, viable project. We're not, uh, you know, this is not just to throw roadblocks. This is to have all your checks and balances in place from, from day one. And so, um, you know, if they, it, in, unless, unless that task force finds anything uh, alarmingly wrong, uh, then we have we have those data points, we have that information, and and it's you know it's it's confirmed through the expertise of, of that platform that that the city owns now um, that this that this project is is a okay and ready to go, and we don't have that now, and we should have had that now, and I just want to make sure that we are thorough and that the applicant is thorough moving forward as well. So I'm suggesting language around that. I would definitely be in support of that. Okay. Any, any other? Okay. Mr. Graf, thank you. Yeah. Luxembourg, are you okay with that? No. Vice Chair? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little confused myself. I, I think I heard the applicant speak to the fact that we're all looking at the same data set. Um, I, I was frankly kind of stunned at the level of detail that uh, they brought to the table this time the actual survey of the site, the using of the California data set that I think I heard the applicant speak to that that's what Sausalito uses as well. So I'm certainly not an expert on sea level rise, but um, I'm more than comfortable that they've presented the data and they have the engineers and they've got the know-how to make sure this deals with um, sea level issues in the decades to come. But that said, I, I'd like to get this moving tonight. Um, well, part of that is absolutely correct. I mean, Marin Maps is used for the base or part of the data sets for both. Um, the Sausalito Sea Level Rise is actually just more robust than the county, and it takes the subsidence piece more into consideration because Sausalito is unique and it had to. And so that's why I want to make sure that we're bulletproof here and that the applicant's bulletproof here. And um, I'm not suggesting that we're holding this up. I'm suggesting that that's part of our condition of approval, um, that they, they they work through that and perform that, um, and that they have that done. And that's also important um, that we have that data set as the city. So um, I think it's, I actually think it's pretty important. And it's consistent with what we asked for at the last hearing. I would just be want to be clear that, that if the applicant understands what that request is and can you know, deal with it as a condition of approval is that uh, I'd, I'd like to hear from the applicant. Okay. Yeah. Matt, want to address that? I think, Jimmy? Yeah, I think, we're, we're, I mean, we're happy to go to the task force and check um, and make sure that we're, um, as Sebastian mentioned, that there's no other element that we're not considering. Like I mentioned, we do have a geotechnical study that shows site-specific investigation that uh, makes no reference to subsidence, it does make reference to settlement. Uh, and so I think maybe a question I would like to ask in terms of working towards that condition is where, where is the, um, 
how, where do we balance or how do we balance the, the site-specific data that we have versus uh, any database, right? Um, whether it's city, county, or other. How do you balance it from what's the point? Uh, how, what your safety factors are in structural or what, I don't understand the question. Well, from the perspective of uh, we, um, I guess what I'm trying to describe is we have site-specific investigation, right, that provides uh, detailed criteria of design parameters that would be accounted for during the building permit. And so I would imagine at some point it, it, um, those design parameters or site-specific parameters would have to, in, in site-specific studies, uh, would overtake any other modeling or databases. Yeah, that, that's kind of my point. It's like, to the extent that any Sausalito models or data set are for the entire Sausalito waterfront on a, as, as a general proposition, this team has already been to the site. They've, they've done what it looks like detailed surveys and analysis of the exact contours and the elevations and the tide work at this location. And then they've used these databases about sea level rise for the various risk levels and the, you know, the time frame we're looking at, which is 30, 60, 90, 100 years. I mean, I, it, I, I'd be surprised if the Sausalito database has anything at that level for this location. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm confused as to what more the Sausalito task force can, can provide to this site. Well, there, there are two different issues. Geotechnical is usually providing you the data that you need to you know, design the proper foundations and foundation systems to, to a building. Um, you know, mod modeling with a more robust model than what Baywave has, it's sort of why we asked them to do that the last time. And I think it's important to do because the different considerations than just sea level rise. And, and the model models that. A geotech, geotechnical is, is just absolute information. It's not a modeling for probability factors. You do probability factors on maybe structure or weight or foundation systems or what's better, but, but the model provides something completely different. That's why I asked for it last time. That's why I'm interested in it this time. Um, if I'm alone in this, then I'm alone in this. But I, I again, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, make sure that we are thorough here and, um, and responsive to what our last public hearing was, and this was part of that. And if there's some monumental reason not to do this, then I haven't heard it yet, but I'm all ears. Um, you know, the, the, the Saucedo database is more robust than any other database for modeling. And, and I just want to make sure that this is bulletproof. But I might be one, one of five here that thinks that. And, and that, that's, that is not the first time that's happened. I guess my concern is that if we're, you know, it, you know, it, it, use you, I think you would probably know more than all of us put together about this issue, but to the extent that the applicant seems to be not sure, again, how they take the site-specific data that they've created that they're comfortable with that I, I am comfortable with in my you know limited understanding and run it through another model and 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 verify that that 
I, yeah, it just it just seems confusing to me, and I apologize if, if I'm just missing something. No, I, I think it's a, they, these things are important to clarify and, and, and talk about. Um, if the applicant is still un, unclear, then I definitely want to hear that too. Um, we're asking you, to, you know, consistently with last time to go through this step. Um, we think that it's, I think it's important, not we, I think it's important. Uh, that's, that's why we've made such an effort to put it in place in Sausalito. Um, otherwise, we would just said, you know, we would just defer to the county, but the county is not robust enough. That's why we're doing it. That's why the city has invested quite a lot of money in having it. Um, so that that's where I fall, but I'm I'm happy to consider other people's perspectives on this. I think in an effort to move us forward and maybe not belabor it, I'm, I'm hearing that the applicant is is open to it, um, and I would definitely. Um, back you, Chair Feller. I mean, I am in an agreement. It, it is a more robust system. So um, that combined with what has been presented tonight, I think would be putting your application in a great standpoint. And I think we'd all feel more comfortable. Um, I think it'd be doing the due diligence that's, that's required. So um, we, can, we can keep going around here, but I, I, I think where there's some general consensus that you're not opposed um, so if so, we might want to start to move towards a condition, unless there's a hard, hard no coming from the applicant. Um, we, we are definitely not opposed and would be yeah, happy to, to run through um, the due diligence. Thank you. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, any more thoughts on this? Uh, no, I mean, I, just a general comment that it would have been better to have this before rather than trying to, this is something hard to put con, in the language in for conditions, so it would have been better to resolve it before the fact, uh, and I, only because uh, I, I know in, in, the architect, if he has any future projects, you know, he always does, uh, that he can get that into account. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Vice Chair Junius, I know you might not be fully comfortable with this. Um, yes, I'm still just kind of, you know, if I, 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 I'm just speaking for myself, I, I got a feeling if they kind of been clear on what they were supposed to do the last time, they would have done it. They probably, maybe they thought they did what they were supposed to do or they, they went beyond that. It, ju it just seems to me that, you know, I guess I got to start setting up on the, on the sustainability commission model and, and all this stuff. But if there was something that they clearly needed to do and should have done it, I, I get that. I, I wasn't clear on that. I, when they were going through the uh, presentation that they provided on the sea level rise stuff, I was pretty impressed. I've, it made a lot of sense to me. They were using data sets that I've heard of and, and concepts that I'm familiar with. And it's it's hard to imagine that that what they've done is so out of step <laughs> with, with what Salsalito's done. Uh, but I, you know, again, I'm. I'm just uh, a little lost, but I'm, I'd like to move it forward with whatever condition the applicant can understand and agree to. Okay. Okay. Um, Commissioner Graff, any uh, final thoughts? Well, um, I certainly wouldn't oppose uh, somebody crafting a condition uh, that gets that requirement taken care of. Um, uh, it's I think you know, this is a, 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 um, a kind of a prototype project, and I think, uh, you know, it really needs to be done right. And I don't know enough about 
um, the sea level rise and subsidence issues to be able to comment on them, except that uh, I, I think it's not unreasonable to ask that they just conform to whatever our standards are here in town. And, and, and I think we can condition that somehow. Um, otherwise, I think the only other uh, condition might be that uh, um, the architects uh, specify a slightly lighter, slightly warmer tone on the wood siding on the building. Those are the only things that would stop me from uh, okay. uh, for voting to move ahead. Okay. I'd like to yeah, it's in order to move this ahead, uh, I suggest we do what we did on uh, 4th Street, which is we create a two-person working group to work with the applicant on the color, since I think they need to study it, and I don't, I think we'd better be to approve it, subject to that coming back later, since we won't know yeah. what exactly that color is tonight, that we did that on another project, I think we could do that here as well. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm certainly fine with that. Um, Cecilia, can you walk us through the conditions that we've amended so far so we know where we are and the applicant has the benefit of hearing those? Uh, yes, Chair. I believe um, Commissioner Luxembourg uh, suggested making changes to two of the conditions. One of them was to be sure that the conditions uh, were also on the um, demolition permit as well as the construction permit. Um, any project any project changes or to come back to the planning commission for review. Um, then it was a third one. But just to help you, I think the chair said that uh, there would be no demolition permit issued prior to the building permit. Correct, right. Okay. And we want a clarification on the Monterey Cypress uh, tree. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming Southern Moon Fire will already have to go through, they'll have to go through the plan check, but let, let's try to flag that early so the applicant is not wasting their time um, with the approval. We could add a condition that um, plants that would not be permitted um, by the Marin Fire can be used. Yeah, if it's on their accept, you know, acceptable list, then that's, that's fine. Um, okay. Okay, and then um, I would like to propose um, that we add a condition that uh, the applicant who has already indicated they're willing to do so um, uh, touch base with the Sausalito Sea Level Rise and Subsidence Task Force. I'm not really sure who's heading that now, but Cass Green is really the um, the um, the guru, let's say, or the the the, uh, uh, the right person to speak to about the modeling, and let's let's get this modeled properly. And I can assign a working group to work with you and the or CDD and the applicant uh, to handle anything related to uh, the modeling and the uh, coloring, uh, whatever the exterior color finish um, is. 
um, so so there's no need to come back here to the commission. And what would you what specifically would you like to see from the subsidence task force as documentation that they're working with them? It needs to be modeled and you need the modeling results because okay. it's become more comprehensive Chair, mapping. Chair Feller, if, if I may um, make a suggestion to the condition that you say prior to issuance of the building permit, applicant shall submit uh, the, the information showing that they've complied with that requirement, that they've worked with the task force, I don't have the exact name, um, to do the modeling and that that modeling is part of the packet then, right? So there'll be, there'll be some kind of report that can be yeah. submitted, right? So I don't know yeah. that we need uh, a task force, certainly appreciate the willingness to do the extra work and I would look to your community development director to jump in here too. But I think you could impose a condition um, on building permit issuance that says prior to issuance of the building permit, applicants shall submit documentation reasonably acceptable to the community development director indicating that they have had this modeling performed and that modeling is included as part of the record. Those conditions have to be on the building permit application and planning reviews those building permit applications to their conditions of approval. So um, we can we can definitely redline that and circle it and make sure the documentation is with the application. I have no objection to that. Uh, anyone else have a comment? No. We do need the working group on the color. Yeah, we do. We'll, we'll do it on the color, but yeah. Um, but but that's a good good suggestion, Mary. Thank you. I think we should incorporate that. Um, and then I want to make sure that we're clear, Cecilia, on exactly the submission that we've received tonight, or with the link with all the various dates and pieces and parts. That is what we are, are approving uh, this evening. And any any changes to this project, other than the color, um, needs to come back to the commission and, and shouldn't be handled ministerially. So um, first and foremost, any other comments from the commissioners? I'm just looking for a show of hands. Chair Bell, when appropriate, point of clarification on your last comment about the changes to an approved project. So you're saying that the provisions of the municipal code, the zoning ordinance that allow for ministerial um, changes to an approved project is not applicable to this project, that the, the, count, the commission has considered every aspect of this project and that therefore any modification would have to come back to the commission. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With this, with this project, yes. I would just ask what what would be the nature of this modifications that you're talking about? Would that be structural in response to the modeling, for example? Well, I think you know what we're trying to avoid is and we put this condition on many other projects, and what we're trying to avoid is the creep in the ministerial approval, knowing full well that you also have potentially. 60 Varda coming back and you still have a houseboat on this property um, that is not being touched currently under this application. And so we wanna be mindful of the larger picture here. And so we've done this on a number of other projects. So I'm not viewing this as any different to that. Um, 
And so if there are no other comments, I, I want to ask the applicant before we, we take any action here, if, if you have any questions on any of the conditions or comments that you've heard here, and uh, we will uh, assign two commissioners as a working group to work with you and your team uh, to finalize the color, color that will not come back here to a commission hearing. Uh, we'll, we'll assign that to, to a working group if, if you're uh, okay with that. We, we are okay with that, and I think the conditions are clear. Um, my only question with accepting or, or using our current plan set that you're reviewing today, um, if we do go back and find out that um, Monterey Cypress or any of our other trees or plants are on that um, South Marin Fire District's um, plans not to use list, are we able to change that without coming back to is, like, are we able to swap out a tree type without coming back to the planning commission? As long as it's acceptable to Southern Marine Fire, then that's acceptable to the commission. We don't, we wouldn't uh, identify anything that they would not have or approve. Okay. Commission. I have a question uh, regarding that. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and we didn't get into it, but it has to do with the size and maturity of the trees that would be brought in. Um, so, um, and, I, and I don't remember any specifications about those, but although they're probably there. So what we don't want is some change uh, that means that uh, they have to bring in uh, trees that might be really small and take forever to grow or something like that. So I think uh, as long as the, any substitute trees are proposed that they're, they're within the intent of the landscape plan and, and of the uh, uh, size of trees and so on. So maybe that can be done uh, ministerially, but uh, I, I am a little concerned that uh, it doesn't you know, go sideways somehow. Do you want to propose something about that, or? Well, I just wanted to bring it up. Um, you know, it might uh, it might complicate the conditions. I mean, right now the conditions just mean that uh, uh, trees suitable to Southern Marin Fire have to be specified. Um, so, in my mind, that. It's not very specific, and so uh, I'm not quite sure how to how to articulate it in terms of the intent. But um, uh, something to the effect that that the um, the size and maturity of the um, uh, of any trees proposed uh, as substitutions should match uh, the intent of the original landscape plan, something to that effect. I'm fine with that. Okay. Matt looks like he's shaking his head. You're okay with that? That, that would be um, our hope if we did have to make a substitution just to keep with the size and intent. Yeah, you would want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Full agreement. Commissioner Luxembourg. 
I'm good with that. I think that uh, is straightforward. Okay. Commissioner Saad? I'm good with that. Vice Chair? Any other final thoughts or comments? And Cecilia, if you want to run through what you have to make sure that it's clear. Yes, Chair, let's see. Um, substitute trees must match the intent of the original plan size, <clears throat> size, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> size of the original landscape plan. Um, Prior to issuance of building permits, um, the applicant shall shall submit documentation of uh, working with the um, I'm sorry the task force, the sea level task force model, <clears throat> and that will be on the plans as well. Um, the task force will be working directly with the applicant regarding color of the structure? Well, it's a working group. It's a working group, a subgroup of the commission, yeah. Okay. Um, any changes to the project? Very siding. I'm sorry, the siding? Siding, color okay. of the siding, yeah. Probably be more accurate. Okay, and then any changes to the project are to be reviewed um, by the planning commission? The, um, the demo and the new construction permits are to are tied together. I just I'm writing really quick here. Um, well, I think the, that the demo permit won't be issued until the building right. permit is right. Ready until to be the building permit has been submitted, yeah, yeah. And I think that's it. Dr. Feller, if I may, and I apologize for jumping in again, but I think it's really important given all the hard work you put into these conditions that we get it right. Um, I think what I heard you say is, you know, change, every change has to come back unless you provided that it can be modified within the condition itself. Because as you said, the trees can change if Southern Run Fire agrees to that. The siding color is gonna change, but it's gonna change with the approval of the working group. So I just wanted to make, make that one point. And on the siding, it is that the siding will be in the color agreed upon by the working group. Um, and then on the report, that the modeling that's going through the, the task force, it's my understanding that there's a document produced, correct? And that doc, it's not that the plans are modified, but that document is produced and included as part of the public record. So yeah. it's, it's that the applicant will submit that document prior to issuance of the building permit. Yeah. And we can work with you, Chair Feller, or some, uh, some maybe it's uh, Ms. Green, on the title of the document so that we get it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. It's basically, yeah, it, it's like a report that, yeah, that's fine. We can work with, with Cass on that. And this report will be reviewed by the planning department. Yeah, it'll be submitted with the, it, with all the documentation required for the demo and building permits. It's just an informational item, correct, Chair Feller? It's not, nothing gets modified based upon this modeling. Correct. Uh, Chair Feller, I just want to clarify, because I, I, I thought you had indicated that we would not issue a, de a demo permit until we've issued a building permit. Yeah, 
and I heard a nuance of that which was different. Uh, I think that's the intent, but... No, uh, I think what you're saying is what I said. I, I agree with that. You, you okay, because what I heard a second ago was uh, you, you, we won't issue a demo permit until the building permit's been submitted. It's actually been the building permit's been issued. Issued. Thank you. Okay. I just have one other clarification. <clears throat> um, so they're going to go through the exercise of uh, doing the modeling and communicating with with the um, um, I keep forgetting their name, but anyway, they're going to do that. The Horizon Subsidence Task Force. They're going to go That's ahead and call with them right. and coordinate with them, and. and the, in the event that that might trigger some change like structural change foundational change or something is that the kind of change that would be managed ministerially or is that kind of kind of change that would have to bring it back to this commission that's a pretty major change that should come back to this commission that's that's why we have this this written into public policy for consideration that's why this task force was put together and that's why um that that's why it, it, it's like the landslide task force here had all these recommendations including municipal code ordinance changes heightened design reviews all these sorts of things and and that's where we are with the sea level rise so that's a pretty major change yeah, well, hopefully, or may, maybe they won't have to change anything. Maybe they've got all their bases covered. So. Yeah, but we'd all rather know now than, than right. later. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think we're set. Any other final comments or edits? Okay, I'm ready to take a motion. Uh, I'll make a motion that we approve uh, DRCUPDDR 2019-00284, approval of the design permit, conditional use permit, endurance to demolish and, and an existing one-story single-family resident, construct a one, new one-story single-family resident, remodel existing A-frame structure located at 52 Barta Landing Road, uh, subject to all of the additional conditions spelled out, including uh, do I, you want me to list those or just assume we have them at this point? Should I make a stab at listing them, Chair Feller? I think Cecilia just did. She, we have okay. a record. All right, so uh, for, for all of those changes, uh, that's the motion. Thank you. Okay. Great, thank you. Dan, can you take the roll call? Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Graf? Yeah. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller? Yes. Motion carries. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioners. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Good luck. Good luck. It'll be a great project. Okay. Moving on to item seven. I time to adjourn for the evening. So to I'll adjourn. Hi. Hi. Great. You always say it like it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. See you, everybody. <laughs>